Um, we're both. I'm current. I'm lighting <laughs> my cigar. Type things that we're both kind of recovering. So, um, middle of the week last week, yep. I got I started getting a cold, and then you got your COVID booster on yesterday, and so you're you're dealing with the effects of that. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, so I feel going on. the best I've felt right now is the best I have felt. But when the ibuprofen run wears off, that may change. Hopefully, I'm about over it. This is nowhere near as bad as the second vaccine was. That was worse, for sure. Well, that's good. Yeah. I had no effects. So, like, I'm kind of curious. I'm hoping that it kind of – I don't have any again because I'd like to see Spider-Man this weekend. Um but we'll see. If not, then that's going to be a good movie. Yeah, and have you been watching? And this is like, hey, not really. This is a lot of bounds already. But uh, have you been watching Hawkeye? Like, are you caught up before? Oh yeah, it's been really good. Like, it's not been great, but it's been really entertaining. Like, I've enjoyed it, and I really, I know we talked a little bit about it in like the group chat and like the side chat. I really like uh, my mind totally went blank. The actress that plays uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, right. I know. I th- yeah, I think it's good. I like I like how they write the comic book silliness. Yeah, I think it's I taken. Think they do... I guess um, I, I I was going to say I, I um, listened to the ringer verse. I forgot about it on Friday of the recap of four. So I listened to it at work today. And it's I guess um, and they, they talked about another episode. I just really did mention it, but they took this Hawkeye um, series from the Matt Fraction, uh, I think it's like a 12 or 13 episode um, comic of he did of Hawkeye. So it's very, it leans heavily on that series or that certain comic. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I know you like to read comics and whatnot. So I thought I'd mention that if you'd ever want to check it out. Um, One of my friends retweeted the art today for all the, I guess the guy that did the artwork for the comics. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because a lot of the font style and everything is used. You can see um, influenced in the Disney Plus show. But nice. I, I know it and... takes place around the same time as Spider-Man. That's why I thought I'd mention that. Um, this takes place at Christmas, where Spider-Man, right. the new Spider-Man, is coming out. Um, far, uh, is it No Way? And that's not No Way Home. That, uh, yeah, No Way Home. Uh, yeah, No Way Home. It no takes way home. place in like, like right after the last one, so like July to like... I don't think they know what's going to end yet, so it could maybe be around the Christmas time season. They don't know, but it's it's just before the events in um, Hawkeye. So I've seen a couple gotcha. little maybes yeah, that might but... be in the movie, so I'm excited to see it. So we mentioned that, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember if we do it like pre-roll or or now, but like if I'm feeling well after getting my booster on Friday, uh, I would like to see it. Um, I won't go Sunday night, but I, I definitely want to see it. I feel better. I've... I may go see it Friday morning by myself or I, I yeah. say Friday morning, really like Friday afternoon because the theaters here used to do like 11 o'clock movies, but they don't seem to anymore. I don't mind it. Like in California, um, in LA, that was like the only cheap time to go. Um, we're we're most, right. like most movie theaters no, that, that aren't in LA. You think of like when you go to the movie, you go to matinee, you think what like, seven to nine dollars mostly even if it's like a nice theater that's like a right. matinee price well the cheapest one in right. LA was like 11 to 12 dollars and that was the very first I show believe of the it. day yeah it was only the first showing 
anything after that. Yeah. And so most of the time those were 11. Max was like 12, 30 was the latest. Everything after that was like regular price. So like 15 bucks to 20, kind of depending on the theater you went to. It's wild. No, I believe it. But like, I saw the last Avengers movie at like an 11 or 1130 showing. Like that was, that was an earlier in the day, but they just, whenever, I mean, same theater I go to now, but whenever I, Mm -hmm. um, the last few months when I've started, like on my days, I work from home, I've gone to see a movie by myself and the earliest time is like one, one 30 for anything. We still have some earlier ones here. I don't go that early because most of the time it'd be like on a weekend and I'm yeah. never up. Usually Sundays at that time right. I get to watch like the Steelers because they play most of the time at one. And then on Saturdays, I'm up like at 10 to 1030. It's really my one really true day to sleep in and not to worry about anything. And so most of the time I'm not up right. prior to 1030. Sometimes, I mean, if I go to bed really early, like at one, uh, I may be up around 930 or 10, but most of the time it's like 1030 and then I'm you know, making coffee because it's like the one day I get to actually make coffee at home and, and have a nice pour over and kind of just relax. And I have to like really get into my right. day right away. Um, I wanted to, uh, I know we, some of our yeah. titles on the, for the, for the, like the sports that we're going to talk about this week. I wanted to say I had my own buzzer beater moment tonight. Um, I saw where, um, my, okay. My festival hot sauce came in today from Furnace Fest. Uh, <laughs> so, Ah. Just uh, the brief summary is when I came back from Furnace Fest, uh, I wasn't thinking and I was I put it in my carry-on because I only carry-on most of the time when I fly. And I forgot like, hey, I should probably mail this home or give it to you. To, can you mail it to me? I'll give you the cash or what have you. Completely forgot because I'm, I'm already running late because my alarm didn't go off or I turned it off that morning. And so uh, my bag got flagged because I had a hot sauce and it had a toss in the airport. Um, they ended up for... Beginning of November Jerks. sometime, they put it up on a Friday. Uh, the festival and some other rare ones up you could order online. So I ended up ordering two bottles of the Furnace Fest hot sauce. I ordered uh, three. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll get to mine here in a second. So I had that, uh, two bottles of it, and, and two other different bottles that I thought sounded pretty good. Um, well, tonight I had some barbecue chicken pizza, and I used that on it. And it, was, it's, it complements it very well because it's like smoky. And there's like a good bourbon taste right. to it. It works very well with that type of pizza. And I liked it so much. And I saw a post earlier in the day where they said, tonight is the last night you can order it. And after that, they're taking it off the line. And so I ended up ordering two more bottles tonight. That's crazy. And it was at 10 p.m. And so I looked down on my, my phone and it's 9.49. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to I gotta get this hot sauce. So threw it in the cart and you know checked out and everything. So I have two more bottles coming and another different bottle coming. Um, that sounded pretty good as well. So it ties into is that ten? Things. Was that ten p.m. Eastern Standard or? I don't know. Um, I'm, I have their website up already because it, it was. Um, it's still on the site right now, so maybe, and it's still letting you add it to cart. So I would say it might be ten p.m. Pacific time. But it's still up there. If you wanted another, I got two more bottles of it because I thought, what if they never make this again? I forget, and I forget where. So the name of the company that makes this, by the way, we are so not Soothsayer. Yeah, Soothsayer. I don't think they're Eastern Standard Time. I forget where they're from, but they might be. Yeah, they might be. They might be Central. So 
for example, if you wanted some, let's say you want another bottle or two, you have about 20 minutes to, to, to pick. Yeah, because they're, I think they're based right. on like the central time zone somehow. But um, anyway, it's a very good hot sauce. I liked it. I had it the night, I had it at the festival. It is. And it's, and, right. And it's something that they're not going to make again, most likely. And, yeah. Uh, they'll, they'll do a, a new version of it probably at the next festival. But that'll be it. Like, I don't think we'll see it for a while. And I legitimately enjoyed it. And the reason why I like this hot sauce so much is because, um, and I've probably mentioned it one of the times when we're hanging out, that, like, I like hot sauce, but I don't like to, like, burn my mouth where, like, I can't taste anything and just destroy your palate. I like a nice, like, a nice right. smoky. Right, right. Right, it's smoky, but, like, a nice hot. It kind of is there, but it's not, like, so much to where, like, your sinuses are constantly draining, you're sweating. Tears are falling from your eye, you know, falling from your eyes. I don't look like that, but um, it's balanced well. Like you, you get right. a nice little uh, palate linger for a little bit, but it's, it it doesn't like ruin your taste buds. Like you know, you can, and, and it's it's very nicely balanced with that with that smoky bourbon kind of taste. I really like it has that. good it's, flavor. It has a great yeah. Flavor. Like and that, I like this. It so it's much definitely that I hot. Do it again. Right. So. Yeah, I mean it's definitely hot, but it also yeah. has a good flavor. Yeah, like if someone didn't like heat, I wouldn't recommend this to them. But if someone does, I'd be like, this is great because, and especially if you don't like monster hot, like where it's going to just crush you, um, this is very nice because it's right. just like that good little bit of uh, lingering, no, but not too long. It just like it lingers and it's done. It's like, cool. Right. It's like the appropriate linger. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, that's past interference. That was definitely past interference. You're probably a few seconds ahead of me, as always. I just saw Van Van Jefferson uh, ran for about like ten yards yeah. there or so. Yeah, but did you see him like shove the Arizona Cardinals guy down? This is like off. Sorry, pass. So this is offensive pass like interference. Cold, I'm trying to keep like my uh, voice from sounding like Fran Drescher because uh, <laughs> I'm nasally and just like. Yeah just awful um right but, uh yeah he definitely pushed him down <laughs> like get away from me clearly yeah that was definitely definitely yeah i gotta say though he's played good tonight and obj has to be happy he's gotten a lot of good pat catches too and then you got cup who's just a wild um, man so i put this game on late i think i was just a few minutes late like say somewhere in like four minutes three minutes something like that late into the first quarter and then um, I'm getting ready to hop in the shower, and I think, oh, no. <laughs> the Warriors play tonight, and Steph can break the record. So I, I pull up, like, real quick um, just to see yeah. how close he was. And he had three three-pointers. He needed seven to get the record tonight. And um, when I turned the game on, I think it was, like, ten minutes or so in the third quarter left. So I watched – I completely dropped the football game at that point and went to the Warriors-Pacers game, which actually was pretty entertaining. The Warriors played kind of sloppy, uh, but they were fortunate to pull out a win at the end. Um, some really good defense by – I like to call him Deuce, uh, Gary Payton second. Just really solid defense. Him and Draymond trapped. Um, I think it was Levert. And um, just a great, great trap. Uh, he Levert threw the ball – or the player, the Pacer – threw the ball out of bounds and the Warriors got the ball back with like two seconds. And of course they won at that point. It was 102, 100. It's a pretty good, pretty entertaining game, even though it wasn't like the most, uh, 
impressive game shooting or or playmaking or anything. The Pacers weren't bad. Like they for for having like a pretty bad record, really I think a worse record than they should have. Um, they they played pretty good ball tonight, and uh, I saw where my dark horse had beat had beaten the um, the Heat tonight. But it's a it's a it's like a a Heat team with with one of the best players in um, Bam Adebayo, but uh, they still end up winning that game. And Jimmy Butler didn't play either, but they end up winning the game. And now Cleveland is like in the four spot in the East. I said it was like, oh my dark horse is alive. <laughs> I didn't think they'd be You're, that good. I was yeah, your like dark seven. horse <laughs> is your dark horse is not much of a dark horse. I mean, they're looking good, <laughs> um, but also the Heat. The Heat's been up and down so far this this first stretch of the season they've been somewhat disappointing at times and they've played good at but especially when they're missing people like butler and bam that doesn't help but they've been inconsistent anyway and um but i'm not surprised the pacers played the warriors well they seem to be stepping up some uh as of late, unlike the Mavs, who I follow very closely, as our listeners know, who have still been hit or miss big time. Uh, I think the whole West right now in basketball just looks like a mess. Like when I looked at the rankings tonight, I mean, really, you're struggling for even like 10 good teams. Like you're going to have a pretty crappy team right. as the 10 seed that's going to be in the playing tournament. It's like you just don't have, like, it's not deep. Like, if you look, the, the, the Lakers are not a good team. They're, they're a mess right now. They're not a good team. Maybe this is probably not going to be the final Lakers team. I know we've mentioned it. That's going to be in the playoffs. Right. Like, you're probably going to have a trade or something at some point. And uh, they're going to get – I think they are starting to figure each other out. So I uh, Wednesday think- is the first day – people that sign contracts can start getting traded as well. So you're going to see maybe some yeah. moves starting to happen more. Um, right. Like I think, I think another like 20% or something of the players become available. Uh, right. I think but really like though, I mean, the Lakers aren't like say a good team and they're in the sixth spot right, right. now. Dallas, man, Dallas has some issues. Um, the Nuggets, aren't they have one issue. They're just missing players. Yeah. The, the Nuggets like, Jokic is still like he's like having another like start to an MVP season for their oh yeah but, it's just without no Murray and then losing right. Michael Porter Jr. they're right. losing like their two and three best players um, right on so the they're squad. just yeah they're just struggling like you say with injuries but I did see the Spurs yeah. beat them and then they last week but then they got revenge later in the week the Nuggets won, beat the Spurs back. But I mean, the Mavs have one problem, in my opinion. They have one major expensive problem, and that's that poor Zing. Out of shape, Luca. That's poor Zingus. Yeah, he is. He's definitely an issue. The, I think he is a um, major issue. Oh yeah, because he—he's just. It was a good risk for them, but he just hasn't lived up to any of the hype, and then. Um, Luca, I know we mentioned it one, one other episode too. Like the Luca, I love Luca. I think he's a great player. I think he is, man. If you're going to pick a, to draft players to build a team, um, and you could draft anyone, he's probably going at least in top five because of how young he is and how good he is at his age. 
but um, he just has shown up the last couple seasons out of shape. And it just like he plays himself into shape, but it's like if he would right. have like a really good conditioning, um, just you know, a couple months before the season, really just take it like I don't say serious because I'm not saying he doesn't take it seriously, but if he would be really serious about staying conditioned in the off season and really focusing on his game, holy cow, could you imagine like how how, how fast he would start and everything? Like that would be incredible. And like I said, the team itself does need a little bit of something as a second player because. Porzingis isn't it, but then he's hard to trade. So I think they can maybe trade him next year. Um, he'd be like an expiring contract, I think, next year, because I think that's the last year of his deal. And so a team may want to, you know, trade him, but then, you know, who are you going to get back? Kind of just depends. It's just so sad because, like, Porzingis should be this super dominant big man, and he plays like a small shooting guard. Well, well, like I, I know, I mentioned this a bunch is and just in our side chats. Is like the the thing about him is like he's seven two. I'm pretty sure he's seven two, and he can't rebound. Yeah, <laughs> like you're seven two. You just got to put your hands up and like grab it. You know, he's playing power forward or center, he, and he's as he, tall as the centers, if not a little bit taller. And power forwards, he's most of the time a few inches taller, and he just can't rebound. Like two he, two rebounds. Just, he plays. On, he plays super soft. He often <laughs> settles for jumpers outside of the paint. He, it's it's very frustrating, very very frustrating. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, like they're they're frustrating to follow right now uh, because they should be so much better than they are, and they got some other players that are starting to step up, but. In the West, you need a big man. You know, I mean, even the Suns did so as good as they did last year because Aiton stepped up, and that helped them a lot. You need a good big man. And Porzingis, on paper, is an excellent big man, but he doesn't play like it. And that's why I liked the signing of... um... JaVale McGee for the Suns because the only problem that they had last year is as soon as Aiton either needed a break or he didn't get in foul trouble a whole lot. That's like what's great. One of the best things about his game. Right. But if he did, they didn't have anyone. They had like Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> and that's not someone you want to rely on. At least JaVale McGee, right. I'm not saying he's a great player, but at least he knows how to you know, play on a winning team. Like he played for the Warriors. Um, he played on the Lakers when they won their title. So he's been around a winning team and he can contribute. I'm not saying he's going to do great, but he can, he's a body right. that can be okay for a few minutes, you know, for 10, 15 minutes. A game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, what's the name of the big giant for the Mavs that everyone loves? Oh, um, Boban. Uh, Boban. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's not a stellar player, but he can give you some quality minutes and he gives you like a burst of energy. So he's like a good off the bench here and there. Um, that's what McGee can be for the Suns. Yeah. Just but a good backup. Because, like, you, yeah. Because, <laughs> like you said, Aiden just, Aiden was it. So it's just a good backup to have. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. Don't mind me. I just got um, the yeah. fall season 
you may, I mean, uh, the, the winter season, rather, something you may not have to experience too much as far as, like, uh, dry weather and whatnot, like, but it, like, kills my hands. Oh, my God. Yeah. I can't even get this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know that's, I know that's a thing, but in Florida, it's, yeah. like, a wet cold. It sucks. So, like, everybody's like, oh, Florida doesn't get cold. When Florida, and it doesn't get cold for, like, long periods, but when it decides to get cold, it's, like, a wet cold. And you can put on a bunch of layers, and it just, like, cuts through the layers. It's, like, but, it gets so bad here because of the, how dry it gets that, like, I have to wash right. my hands every night because of work. Because, like, even though you just wash your hands, yep. like, a regular amount in the summer and the winter, but, like, about the same. We're not talking, like, a crazy amount of difference, but my hands get so much drier in the winter. Um, so it's, like, pretty terrible. So I, I, when it comes to, like, bottle tops, like, this is a glass bottle, but a lot of times, like, if it's like, a plastic bottle, I'll put a napkin over it or tissue or something just so, like, I can see my hands a little bit of, like, friction there, basically. Um, and I couldn't get that one off with, like, a, a napkin, so I had to get, like, a, you... a, an actual bath towel and <laughs> open it. It was wild. You should buy Duke Cannon Bloody Knuckles. That's the name of their hand lotion by Duke Cannon. It's really, really good. I've had bloody knuckles in the winter because of how bad it gets. That's why I have to lotion my hands every day. Right. That's why they call it that. That's why they call it, yeah. And it works. Um, Speaking of basketball, though, um, my Orlando Magic are the second to worst record in the NBA, or at least in the East, I think in the whole NBA. Are they above the Pistons now? <laughs> They're above the Pistons by one. They're five and 23. Pistons only have one win. Okay. They have one win? I'm sorry. Only No, one less. They have one less than oh. Magic. They only have four. They have <laughs> I, four I don't, I'm not paying attention to the Pistons at all this year, so they very well could only have one win. I've not seen one game with them, I don't think, at all. Well, the only reason I know is because I looked up the Magic score, and so it gave like the rank, the standings of where teams yeah. were, and it had them with five wins, and Pistons had only four, so they had one less than Magic. Is what I meant to say. Yeah, Pistons are pretty terrible. Um, I think the only game I might have watched a little bit of at the beginning of the season was between the Rockets and. Uh, the Pistons, and I don't think Cade, play, uh, Cade uh, Cunningham played that game. That's how I was wanting to see it. It was him and um, uh, Jalen Green. I haven't, I haven't watched the Rockets at all this season. Two games. Not not full games, but just pieces of two games. Are they any good? Mm, they had a seven-game winning streak, believe it or not. They, were, they had like one win or something, and then they won seven in a row. It was like they had one they win. Have they like were, they lost. Like a, the they were like one in... I don't know, like one fourteen or something, and then they peeled off seven in a row. It was wild. Wow, maybe it was one huh. sixteen. Um, something you were probably excited about: uh, Clay Thompson being put on the G League team again. So he's like cleared to play on the G League. Yeah. So he's getting he's basically getting reps in. So to to kind of like get the rust off and come back. So that should be exciting for you. He'll come back to. Oh yeah, I think it's gonna. I can't. I can't wait to see because I think the Warriors team has. I mean, obviously, record wise, they've been great, and I think they could really. Man, I don't think there's a team they couldn't challenge right now because there's no one that's great. Um, the best teams I think in the NBA right now are the Suns and the Warriors, and they can play the. They right. can play the Suns like they're. That would be like a seven game series if they played each other, um, in say like the Western Finals or what yep. have you. 
but that's a seven game series. I don't, I'm not the jazz. I'm not scared of the jazz. You know, how I feel about the jazz. <laughs> um, and there's no one else like the Lakers. You just think the jazz are, you don't, you, you do not give the jazz enough credit because you find them to be boring. I'm sorry. No, when, when have they proved me wrong in the playoffs? Like they do great in the regular season. They're like, <laughs> since they're watching, they're like the Arizona Cardinals of the NBA. Like they have a really good regular season and they don't do anything in the playoffs. So that's kind of how I feel about <laughs> Speaking the, of the Arizona Cardinals, the yeah, Cardinals actually, are down 10. I'm actually kind of rooting for the, like if the, like I know my teams, if they make the playoffs, they're going to probably be out in the first round. Maybe depending right. on who they play, maybe they can get one win. But uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing the Cardinals. The Rockets play. beat the Hawks tonight. Holy cow. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. But speaking of the Rockets, they beat the Hawks tonight. And the Celtics beat. The Hawks beat, had a good lead on that game, too. When I checked the, out hell, the Celtics beat the Bucks. Um, Chris Middleton went out in that game. He hyperextended his knee. Uh, oh, that sucks. Um, it's just. Mm-hmm. And freaking um, the Grizzlies beat the 76ers. The Mavericks won. They beat the Hornets by 24 points. And that's a good one. But some of these teams. The Grizzlies are fancy. Yeah. And Mavs still beat them. Like some of these teams, it's so they're so inconsistent right now. And you know what's happened a lot too. Like this is what happened with the what's going on with the Bulls. COVID is crazy right now in the NBA. Like, and it's happened. Is in the it? I hadn't. I didn't realize that. Of COVID, thirty-seven wow. players are now on the COVID list today. It's the most ever in one day. And um, I didn't. NBA. I didn't realize the. End, the Wow. The Bulls had had to postpone two games because they didn't have enough players. They had they kept signing players under the hardship rule, and they were they could only have, they only had eight players to play like the next two games, like, you, like eight players, and that's it. And so the NBA postponed two of their games because of, they've had COVID so bad. Wow. And it's it's, well, it's kind of hard that, to judge some of the teams. Yeah. Like the Sixers didn't have Joel Embiid for a while. So, I mean, that kind of takes down their record right. a little bit because they really don't have anyone else outside of him that can really carry the team. So, Right. Well, that's like tonight, uh, Ramsey for the for the Chargers, and I forget who yeah. else for the Chargers is out. He could be. Like, yeah, game day, they found out. Like, two-day, game day, they tested positive. Um, but some of – now, like, the Hawks have been really disappointing me. Like, I'm sorry. The Nets are not that good this year. Now, can they improve? No, they're they're definitely not. Can they improve? Yes, they can. Just like I think the Lakers will improve over the season, mm-hmm. I think the Nets may improve over the season too. Because um, I just can't see Harden being this inconsistent all season and so forth. But – the Hawks lost to the Nets the other night. I mean, that's not totally unexpected, even though the Nets haven't been that good. I mean, Harden is one out of shape, right? Two, um, still adjusting to this rule where like he can't just like jump up into people and get called for a foul all the time. So he's going to the free throw line less, he's scoring less. Um, so he needs he's adjusting to that, and they don't have Kyrie. So if Cardi gets in better Are they shape, ever going to have better. Kyrie? They 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 need to cut him. I saw a report today by Shams that there's a chance that happens. 
I don't know because it's a it's a New York right now. New York just has a, a, a mask mandate that they just put in effect. I think today, where you have to have they need to just cut him. Can they not? Well, they can't cut him. Well, no. Like, isn't there some? Isn't isn't there something in his contract of like he's not like he's not living up to what he's supposed to like expected. The NBA is are guaranteed contracts. You can never just cut somebody. Um, I mean, you can, but then they go on the waiver wire and then other teams can claim them. But aren't they like, even when they're guaranteed, isn't there like a minimum of like output you're supposed to do or like some like. Here's what they can do. Like legitimately do the, the, be an option. Um, they could find him, but if you do that, then you only piss them off. And is that worth pissing him off and maybe costing yourself a, t- a potential title, even though he can't play right now? Um, I don't see. I don't know. Unless he gets vaccinated, I don't see how because. But his they have to either one make a special allowance for him, and it would not be have to be him, not the NBA. It would literally right. have to be New York City. The city. I don't see that happening. Um, and like his whole attitude and demeanor is just detrimental to the team. It was last year, and now it's even more so this year. I I really believe that. Like I think his attitude and the way he conducts himself is has a negative effect on the team. And I think oh, yeah. it did. I, mean, I think it does. Um... Yeah, kind of so like I mean, I think too, like with that lingering over the season, yeah. like that's just something that right is just creates extra drama, and maybe it doesn't bother everybody. Maybe it bothers certain players. Maybe it, um, it's just frustrating uh, on another level. Um, just answering the same questions all the time, or something to that nature. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it. I think it needs solved. Um, I don't know if it, that will get solved. I could see Ben Simmons eventually being traded, maybe this season. Um, it seems like they're wanting to hold out for a certain, you know, player or so, and that doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, so we'll see if right. that actually ends up coming to fruition at some point this season. Um, I think it's over. I don't. I don't know if he actually plays for the Sixers again. Um, I don't know that he will either. Yeah, it's like I will tell you, the fans are going to be pissed. Like, right? Philly fans are awful. Um, when it comes to yeah. players, like if you're playing terrible, it could be the best player that you've had for years, and they're going to boo them. Um, I see that right, happening. which so. is part of the problem that happened last year in the playoffs. Yeah, was the way he was treated. But yeah, it's just I don't know. I think it's similar, but. Like I, the whole Kyrie thing is just nuts to me. The way he acts is just annoying. But then the Hawks are better. Are, the Hawks are a better team than the Nets. They should be a better. They should be better than their record is right now. Yes. And yes. the only thing I can think is, and this is a real thing, um, they may have too many players. <laughs> yeah. Where train number two. Um, where they have too many good players and everyone's minutes, and maybe they need to like trade somebody right. just to kind of solidify right. more roles on the team or positions. Um, well, that's one of the issues. That, yeah, that's one of the issues with the Lakers right now is they have too many of this of a similar type of player. 
you know, with like they don't have any shooting, and that was their mistake. I think right. except for Carmelo. Yeah, and he's not even like great. He's just no. like, the best that they have. Um, right. He, I still he's, think what they should have he's done streaky. is yeah, very. I mean, I think what they should have done in, in the beginning was they could have had um, I forget the other player with him, but they could have had uh, Buddy Hield, which I thought would fit better with that roster, and, and they would have right. probably had KCP. Still, I think they probably have had a trade like maybe Kuzma and someone else, but they still would have had right. KCP, which is a good. They should have kept KCP. Shot. And then right. they could have had Buddy Hill, who actually is a shooter, and he would have fit well with them. But they wanted the yep. playmaker, and again, Westbrook is done. He just is. Right. He's just not effective. Um, he's not a bad player. He needs like to come off the bench. Yeah, Cam he needs isn't to... a bad player. He's just done. No. <laughs> so is right. so Westbrook. Westbrook so. needs to come off the bench. Yeah, but how uh, we're talking NBA, and I know we mentioned Curry's record a couple days ago, four days ago exactly, because I just checked it out. I tweeted, uh, everyone was saying, oh, Steph Curry could break the record tonight. He needs 16 threes. Well, 16 threes in a game is not a give right. <laughs> uh, Because, you know, that's no. a lot of threes. Uh, the, the league record is 14, and Clay Thompson. And he's that. been a little off yeah. the last so, the last like week or so. Like Curry's been off the last week or so for Curry. I think it's I think it's the stupid record because you get to that point where mm. you're like you want to put up the threes and it almost feels more of like a burden. So tomorrow I tweeted a few days ago. I said I think he's going to break an MSG. And here's let me tie this all together. So what is MSG? Oh, Madison Square Garden. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So there, uh, Thursday was a home game for them, and I, I think it was on TV, too. I watched right. the game. Um, I think it was on TNT. But regardless, I watched the game. Maybe it was ESPN. But regardless, I watched the game. And uh, my thing is, he's not hitting 16 threes in a game. Like, he could, yes. But the league record is 14. So more than likely, it's probably not going right. to happen. Um, so I was thinking, okay. He's probably from I've watched I've obviously paid attention to the Warriors a lot. I see kind of how he's been playing this season, how what his like sh- percentages are, and I'm just saying under regular uh, circumstances and situations, nothing crazy. I was like, okay, uh, you have tonight's game, which I forget they played Thursday, so forgive me. But and I was like, he's not hitting 16, so that's out. Um, even if he does really great and hits like eight, that means he'd have to hit like another eight in Philly on Saturday. And I'm like, that's probably not happening. He probably maybe hit six, so more than likely it's going to be more. Mo, I don't think mo, most likely was going to be Tuesday night in Indiana tonight where they play and pick the Pacers. I thought he could hit five a game, boom, make it there by Tuesday. But I thought, well, maybe they don't want playing back to back and tomorrow, you know, having tonight's game and then tomorrow, maybe they won't playing back to back and they hold them out until Tuesday. And my thing was like, he's going to break the record at Madison Square Garden. And coincidentally enough, when he got drafted that year at number seven by the Warriors, the team that really wanted him, but one team ahead, the Golden State Warriors at six, or I'm sorry, at seven, took him. The team drafting number eight was the Knicks, and they wanted him. <laughs> so it's only fitting, it's any more of a groan kick to Knicks fans that Steph Curry breaks the three-point record for career three-pointers in your facility, in your gym. Uh, when you could have drafted him if you just would have fell one more spot. <laughs> uh, I've also like I've always heard like in interviews and stuff that 
even when the Knicks like they've they've gotten better obviously in the last like last season they really jumped up. But even this long stretch from the Knicks hadn't been very good. I've always heard that playing at the garden is just unreal. That is just such oh, an yeah. awesome experience. So to win it there would be cool. I still would think winning it at home would be the coolest, but winning yeah, it especially because the the fans love him in San Francisco and Oakland. They right. love Steph Curry. It's his team. Right. Yep. They so think, love yeah, him they and his and immaturity. So you knew that he wasn't yeah. going to he wasn't gonna break it. He was going to break it. If he didn't do it that night and hit sixteen, he was going to break it on the road because Five games on the road is a lot of games to not break just 16 shots. Right. So, yeah, right. it's it's just funny that it is in, right. in New York. Um, yep. So and he's only, what, two away? Uh, he's yeah, two next away, one will tie right? It, and the one after that will – I'm guessing he's going to hit the first quarter. I really wish – and I know it won't happen, but I really wish right. uh, Reggie Miller was um, doing the, the announcing for the game because I know he does TNT, but he always does the late games out west. But I really wish he was doing because that'd be awesome to have him gotcha. on the game because he I think he definitely respects that at least it seems like from what I've seen in his interaction and talking about him, he really does seem to respect that. Um, yeah, I think they respect each other, and I would, uh, I would like to I definitely see that think happen. so. Like that'd be just really cool to have Reggie there broadcasting the game. But I I like I said I don't think that'll happen. I think it'll be whoever. I don't know who does the early games on TNTM. I've not watched a lot of TNT games because I'm used to being on Thursdays. Right. Like we talked about earlier, we missed the Thursday games, not right. the Tuesday games. Because the NFL right. games. Right now, right. Yeah, right now they're Tuesday night. Um, so just for listeners, in case they don't know, we keep talking about how he's about to break the record. Why don't you explain what the record is real fast? So the game is way different than it used to be. But the record he's going to break um, is the, the most three-pointers made in a career. Now, the thing is um, well, that I saw uh, the graph when they were talking about tonight. I, was, I always watch, like, the Warriors feeds um, on, when it's a league pass game. So I always just watch the home feeds. So uh, he did it in, like, 500 less games. <laughs> Ray Allen has it right now. So Reggie's third, and uh, he had it for, I think, I think he did it in like 98 or 99. He beat Dell Ellis for it. And so he had right. it until 2011 when uh, Ray Allen. Ray Allen. Shooter, right. shooter. Those are, those are yes. the top three shooters of all time as far as like volume shooters uh, for three point. And um, Ray, Allen, Ray Allen's had for 10 years now, but Steph Curry's going to break it in 500 less games. So he's going to obliterate the record by the time he actually retires because the type of player Steph Curry is, you can play for years. You can play into your early 40s and be effective right. still as a shooter, and that's what he is. Right. Um, a little different because he probably won't be able to break free like he does now. He does a lot of screening, a lot of running around, so he probably won't continue that as much as he gets older, but he's still going to be right. an effective He'll... shooter. So. Right. He will probably, later in his career, he'll probably become – a more traditional three-pointer, three-point shooter, where it's like a spot-up. Whereas, like, right now, he is very good at getting his own shot. Um, 
Yeah, and he's a great catch and shooter. And like he'll mm-hmm. he'll like do like a move like on a big guy, like he'll, he'll get a, like a switch. Right. And he'll get like a big guy, big guy, and he'll like step back and just like have enough space where he can get it over the guy and just nail right. him a lot of the time. So he's gonna deliver right, exactly, and he's gonna have it for a very long time right. because I don't think there's another player right now that's as accurate that he, as he is um, that could really potentially have it. I mean, the only one I could really say would maybe be Harden. But he's more of a volume three-point shooter, not necessarily a good three-point. Like, I'm saying a consistent, great three-point shooter. Um, and I, right. like I, said, I don't even see him getting right. that. So I'm excited because I, lo- I love yep. watching Steph Curry play. Um, so I'm excited for the record. Oh, we have a little announcement. We have a, little, we have a tie game here. Oh, not a tie game. Yeah. A, a potentially tie game here in a few seconds. Um, Cardinals are coming. 30, so there's 34 seconds. There's 34 seconds left in the game. Our Arizona just scored to be down a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, to be down a touchdown. And they recovered the onside kick, which almost never happens. So let's be honest. It's very it's very rare that yeah. the team, the kicking team, uh, recovers the onside kick. But they did. So they have a shot. And it's because they changed the – they uh, change the rules a lot for on its kicks where you can only have a certain number of players on either side and right and you can't like block a certain way and like wedge block so it, it really took it still has to go players. 10 yards yeah still had to go yeah. 10 yards always oh man Kyler just had a great run for a first down but they called it mm-hmm. back on holding that sucks oh mm-hmm. yeah I was gonna say that was a solid run I was like hope he doesn't get tackled in balance because then that would be dumb because you're still gonna. Right. I mean, he fortunately, you're still right. If they can get a nice, say, twenty yards or so, you're still one big, you know, pass play. You can still get it to the end zone with his arm. Um, and they have the receivers. They have. They have. Uh, That's Hopkins, that was ticky tack holding Green, to call. Kirk, who's been pretty good. Rondell Moore's not been bad. He's been okay. So they have some. They have some good talent on the receiving end. Um, yeah, this is interesting. I know. Uh, while while we uh, have some some football. We haven't uh, talked about fantasy oh. yet, and I know we're a good forty something no, in the podcast. I know. So basically, right <laughs> my fantasy season is over. It's you had done. such a marvelous comeback too, because you were. I had I such a good comeback, and you've won at least three or four games in a row. You beat the number two teams, like the top two teams, back to back weeks. Uh, you even won this week. It's not like yep. you didn't win, but after, if, there, if it's no, I lost. I lost this week. Did you really? Yeah. Did you really? Adams, <laughs> what? Yeah, I lost because Adams had a twenty-something point Sunday night game. Oh yeah. So oh shit yeah. Oh, you did. I yeah. didn't know you lost. Holy yeah, cow. I lost ninety-five to ninety-three. Um, Dang. Okay. What's cr- What's craziest? Listen to some of the scores I had this week. My defense got 13 points. My kicker got 14.9. Mark Andrews, who averages like eight points, got 18 and a half. Fournette got 21. Debo had a weak game and still got 11.9. I mean, by all this is all sounding great. And I lost by two points because 
Lamar Jackson got hurt after only getting me one point. And then, but not only did you need to win this week, you also had to, um, to at least score as many points as the opponent within like, I think a half a point or something because in our fantasy football, I like to keep you all fantasy football leagues like this because you don't always play the same person. Um, multiple times. Most times, like if you're in the same division, like the way you have it set up, you play those people twice, but I don't like to do it that right. way. Because what if you had a, a bye week or your player got injured or something like, I don't like to do head to head is a, that's stupid. Like it comes down to that one, what if game, or if you had a, buy him again in this week like week six or right. five again where like all my bench was on a buy that I had um I don't like it to be decided like that right. so I always do points scored throughout the seasons I think that's the most fair way to do it I mean you're keeping up all season and I felt like that you know you put your best you've had the best lineup out there as many times as possible you know and so you you had the lead for the six yep. heading into this last week of the season um and I had a pretty good chance. I mean, by all accounts and purposes, yeah. I was going to win. This, I was going to win this week's matchup, and I would have if Lamar had. I mean, let's be honest. If, if you would have had a quarterback score you twenty points, you very right. well could. You very well. I'm not joking. If you would have had a quarterback quarterback score you twenty points or twenty one points, you would be in the playoffs because you would have won this week, which would have tied you with the sixth place team right, right. now, and you would have kept even. Exactly. In yep. You both would have 113 something and you would be in the playoffs. It's just because he got injured and before he went injured, got injured, he did nothing, uh, which he did get injured early in the game. It was like right. the first quarter. So he got injured very early in the game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, I would have, I would have done really well yeah, for the most part, if not for him getting hurt, but that's been this whole season for me has been injuries, man. And you've done well. Like, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, I know it's it's a bummer because I've had those years. Um, I had a year where I drafted um, – he was my second-round pick, but it was like I think his second year in the league, maybe his third year in the league, I had uh, Odo Beckham Jr. who <laughs> He broke his ankle the second, like, second week of the game. Um, or second week right. of the season, rather. And then um, I had another injury that year, too. And last year I had Dak Prescott, who was crushing it at the beginning of the season – averaging like 40 some points a game and then he breaks his ankle. Uh, luckily I had Justin Herbert <laughs> as a backup. So that was, okay. yeah. I, I at least, cut, you know, kept pace, but the injuries suck. And you had um, Christian McCaffrey, who's been injured basically all season, might as well like three or four games he played. Yeah. He, he got injured, came back and got injured again. I had yeah, I, and who uh, Gronk in the middle of the season had that, had the back issues. He was out for at least three or four weeks. Yeah, he was out for a bit. And then um, this was Lamar. My my original backup quarterback got hurt like the first game or, of the season or something crazy like that, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I never he's, – he was out, he's out the whole year because he had a surgery or like a week or two. Yeah. Ago. I mean, he was coming back anyway. But, yeah, you had uh, Fitzpatrick as your backup. Um, you had Lamar as your starter, which he's been hit or miss this year. I mean, he's had some good games. He's had some, you know, not so good games too. Right. Right, but um, you could count on you could pretty much Debo's count on him for twenty. For oh like, yeah, I would love to go back and see what you paid for Debo Samuel because I feel or Samuels, I feel like you paid almost nothing for Debo, and he was probably one of the top ten receivers I would say this year. 
That was a low. Yeah, that was that was an incredible deal for him. And then Harris yeah. ended up playing pretty well. I think people knew Fournette would be yeah. good, but I don't think people knew Fournette was going to be this good. Um, yeah, because you got him pretty reasonable too. And I mean, yeah. you had like three really good running backs that they all would have been healthy. You had like the main receiver. You just need to fill in with like a second receiver, which I guess you could have juju before I had, you got injured. Well, I had Diggs. Yeah, so you I traded him for Harris. Right, because after McCaffrey got hurt, because I needed another good, and Harris ended up doing well most of the time. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he uh, first of all, he, man, he's doing like a lot better than I thought he was going to do because I didn't know what was going to happen, and um, like he he really took off. Uh, it's, yeah, he he definitely Andrews started slow, helped. He's he started coming around even too. Andrews, I think, is the second leading or second scoring tight end right now. Maybe Which is old. crazy because because aside from this week. Most weeks, he still didn't even hit double digits. It's because, like, tight end is so hard. Like, Kelsey almost does right. it every week. Um, Kittle, right. Kittle, when he's not injured, he's been crushing it lately. As again, oh, yeah. I- I've he's told incredible. you multiple times, someone in my work league just let him go one week. And I was like, why? And it happened to be yeah. early, like, say, Wednesday for when we did the processing, the transaction process. Um. And I I picked him up Friday morning, thinking like, well, that's stupid. Uh, my tight end right now is uh, I think I had I think I had Dawson Knox, which he's good. He's a he's a fine tight end if you don't have one of the elite ones. But you've let you we have two IR spots in that league, the same yeah. as RBC league. So I'm gonna let him go, and I picked him up for nothing. And um, yeah, he started that week, and I started playing him, and he's been he's been money every week. Like <laughs> it's unreal. Oh sure, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like if Gronk hadn't gotten hurt, he would have been a great tight end for me, obviously. And then Andrews was second, you know, like. But, yeah. And those are both flex-worthy players because they do so well. They get you about eight to ten points floor, and then sometimes they have a crazy game where they get like 16 or 18 too. So Exactly. That's not bad. Yeah, it was just injuries, man. Injuries just took me out this year. Well, That's I'm, what it comes really, down to. I'm glad like everyone seemed to enjoy the league. Like I honestly, but about two or three weeks because we had that group chat when we were like planning the draft and kind of getting everything together, where everyone was in the league was in that group chat, and I was like, for the last like two or three weeks, I've been meaning to hit it up because I feel like we communicated there a little bit towards the beginning of the season, and then didn't. And I was like, man, it'd be cool to like, kind of chat yeah. there maybe more frequently and whatnot. So there's some there's some conversation going today and whatnot, and I really enjoyed that. And it seems like. Even right. People that, it ended up being pretty quiet. Yeah, and I think some even people like enjoyed it. That I didn't know if they would or not because I, I didn't. I, it's tough to right. gauge. Like I know me and you are always like talking about it, or um, um, me and Christy will talk about it. So like I know some people really like right. engaged with it, but I I don't know everybody um, as far as if they are or not. And so it's a lot. It seemed people liked it, and I feel like it's definitely going to happen again next year. So. That's good. For you I wonder. Three. I I wonder if we have too many people though, because like we were saying, like it quickly became where there was like no one good. Like the, you know what I mean, the pickup and stuff. This is the first year I think I've ever played in a league with twelve teams. Um, every year, yeah. like last I'll, year, the BC league that we did was was uh, ten. Um, I didn't want to do more than fourteen yeah. this year. Uh, that was like definitely something I did not want to do. Was more than fourteen, 
And after playing this season, I wonder if ten is better. I would never want to do more than twelve because I feel like if you did fourteen, there's yeah nobody. And then it's like you're like an injury away from just like losing your season. Um, if we only had ten next year, and if we have a solid ten, I'm gonna close it. I think. But if if more if the same people want to do it, or if we're maybe at eleven, I would probably do twelve again. But I wouldn't want to do more than twelve because more than twelve is like insane <laughs> no it's like you have nobody if yeah i mean there's just so yeah um, there's there was so few players by the end of it i mean you can survive in a 12 team league it's tougher i'm not gonna say it's easy it's tougher your bench is thin like there's you if you someone goes down like that's how i told you that like uh i was like hey Go pick up Jeff Wilson Jr. because he's going to be a starter this week, and he has the potential to at least. He did nothing. I mean, he did great, but he did better. He did than... nothing, huh? He got me like three or four. No, he got you like six or six or seven, somewhere between six and seven. Maybe, yeah. It but, wasn't like much. I said; it wasn't great, but you know, at that point, you're kind of like it's slim picking, so. Um, Whereas in the other league, like I'm having, yep. I'm gonna have a hard time here in a week or two because uh, I have um, someone dropped Swift from the Lions, so I picked him up because I'll let him show my IR. That's cool. Um, and then I had uh, Thielen go down with an injury, so I'm gonna have to figure out who to drop in that league. Um, pretty sad. I, the second running back is the hard, the hardest thing in that league because Cook has been great for, when he's healthy. Um, but man, that second running back, like Gibson isn't reliable. Uh, I've been, I have a couple other options to, to, to go to. I went with Gibson this week cause he's had a couple of good weeks in a row and he just like did nothing this week. He yeah. had like 40 yards and then he fumbled. So I had two points, like two point something. And I won that league, but mainly because I had a lot of underperformers. It was a lot of cook cause cook had like 30 some points. Um, he, uh, Oh my gosh. Cook. It was insane this week. Oh, he, it was unreal. Like 200 rushing yards. So I got like a point, like every time he went over like a hundred, 150. And I think I got another one at 200 yards. I got a point every time he got over those bare, like milestones. And then he had two touchdowns rushing, 17 yards receiving. He was a beast this year, this week. And he had, I think one long run. He had a couple actually long runs of like 30 yards. But in the first half, he was getting, every time they gave him the ball, he was getting like nine yards of carry. Like I, I was just like, this is insane. Yep. Keep giving him the ball. He's giving like nine yards of carry. Why would you not give him the ball? <laughs> um. Oh, he killed it. He killed it. Because of him, I, uh, I became the highest scoring league in the BC League arms race. Uh, I was down forty points, and I outscored Lockett by by, I think, sixty points this week, or close to it. It might be like fifty nine points, and I I need to pass him by forty. I didn't think I had a chance until like Cook had his big game. I thought, well, maybe there's a chance. And then I had that massive um, touchdown run at the end of the game. It was a garbage time touchdown run by uh, Ty- uh, yeah Tyson Hill. No, Tyson. Tyson. Yeah, Tyson. Oh. Tyson Hill. <laughs> Jeez. Tyson. Yeah, he uh, he got like a forty yard run or something like that at the end of the game. It was a touchdown run, so it was like I got the forty yards, I got the extra point because of the forty yards plus, and I got the touchdown. And yeah, that that kind of repelled me. And then I got the two touchdowns from Chase in in that game where he didn't have a lot of yards receiving, but he got two touchdown passes. So yeah, <laughs> I did it. 
And then uh, Werewolves finished the season number one. Uh, yeah. Regular season. And then, uh, so I'm, I'll be the three seed. I'm playing the, the person you played this, or I'm sorry, you were competing with that, that six uh, Bortles who won our league last year. So I'm going against him this week. Yeah. First round, because I don't get a bye. And then um, it'll be the Falcoholics. I don't know if they, I don't remember who finished for fourth or fifth. I think Breezy won. I think they beat Lockett. So uh, Breezy would be fourth, and then Falcoholics would be five. And they'd play each other this week. Gotcha. Yeah. I just know I'm out. That's what I know. All because yeah. I blame Lamar. I blame Lamar. I blame. So it was your first year doing a an auction style league. Yep, I don't like I it. I know this is early. It's you don't have to think about this now, but just like real quick, if there's something different you could do heading into the draft next year, what's what's like one or two things you would do differently to build your team? I don't. I don't know because uh, the thing about the auction style is it's like you spend a lot of money fast because everybody wants these key players that you can almost bank on to be good. And then, so I, I, I need to get better at spending my money in the auction, I guess. Um, yeah. but it's, but it's hard not to, if you want to get anyone good, because if if you don't spend the money, someone else is going to spend the money to get those good players. Yeah. So well, I know that we talked about it post draft, and that was probably one of our first episodes of the year. I think that we did post draft, and yeah. it might even been like the next day. But uh, we did that episode. It was like either our very first episode or maybe our second episode, where I, I told you, well, I went into the draft. I wanted two of my three top running backs. Like I, I, that's what I wanted. Like I wanted Hunt, I wanted um, McCaffrey, Henry, or Cook. I wanted two of those guys. Like that's that's exactly right. what I wanted. And I'm getting Cook and Henry, which Henry was killing it uh, until he got injured. <laughs> yes, so, right. And then yeah. of course McCaffrey. I wanted injured and been injured all year. But I, I wanted also McCaffrey. I wanted McCaffrey, Henry, or Kamara. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get McCaffrey. And then I knew I wanted Lamar as a quarterback. And then any other good quarterbacks that we knew should be good were gone. And I didn't have the money for him anyway. So that's why I grabbed Fitzpatrick. Um, but then he yeah. got hurt. Later in the season, I was able to pick up Matt Jones, which is a good pickup. But... You know, I didn't use him much. I just mm-hmm. used him the one game that the uh, that the Ravens had a bye. So when when I first head into the season, um, I, I know we had, we like I said the only rule that I have is like you have to draft. Um, you have to have basically a full roster, so you have to, you can't not draft the defense or right. You have to at least draft one of those. You don't have to draft right. multiple; just at least one. So. When I go in, I'm, I don't care if I – I just – give me a kicker, you know. I don't have to have the best kicker. If I can get them at a good price, cool. Yeah. But I'm not worried about kicker. I'm not worried about defense at all because most of the time I'll ride that out each week. And it's so hard to judge. Like, I didn't – I, I thought – It really is. It would be good, but it's been great this year. Um, and I picked them off. This year, 
this year defenses were really hard to judge and it really came down to who's available and who are they playing because like i grabbed and i'll be honest, i grabbed washington which uh-huh. was they were supposed to be stellar they were supposed to be one of the best defenses in the nfl and then they ended up they ended up being they were bad and so i got rid of them quick and then it was just like the looking at who was available and when they were playing like the falcons played carolina this past sunday that's why i got like double digits in defense the falcons don't have a great defense but who they were playing you know it was good cam's gonna throw picks right (laughs) and you know like the whole reason i picked up the falcons even was because uh, they were playing the jags a few weeks ago so i grabbed them you know i mean Mm-hmm. I think there was one time I had Denver and there was one time I had someone like it, it was a lot of switching out defenses depending on who they were playing each week this year. Um, and that's why I like, I don't care. Like I'll, right. I mean, I'll draft one that supposedly looks good, but I'm not going to spend a lot of money. Like I was going to draft the Steelers right. defense, but after like four bucks, I'm not, I'm out. <laughs> like I'm not paying more than like four bucks for a defense because I'm just throwing my money away because I'm probably going to change them because yeah, I mean like the defense, like I like the Patriots defense this year. Um, like I said, I picked them up on the waiver wire early in the season. Um, but there are games I don't want to play them. I, I don't want to take that chance. Like I'm, I'm not doubting them, but like, there's like if I if I can get a team playing like Cam Newton, <laughs> I'm probably gonna roll the dice with them because they're probably gonna get an interception or two. And the Patriots may not if they're playing, let's say, uh, Tampa Bay or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, but it's done. I don't have to think about it until next year. Uh, so, whatever. <laughs> it's done. Uh, I'll, I'll give you like a, an early – de- definitely a person that's going to be high my draft board. I think next year is going to be Tom uh, Taylor, Jonathan Taylor. He, he's been yeah. – like he did really good at the end of last season. And I don't know if I expected the same this year or not. Um, and he's been even better this year. Right. Uh, so, I think he's going to be one of the top – Three running backs. I think it'll be him, probably Henry. Um, Cook will still be good. Probably Cook will still be up there. Uh, Kamara will still be good. Yeah, I think McCaffrey takes a hit next year because he's been injured now two years in a row. So much, yeah. He's he's like he's like Fred Taylor when Fred Taylor played for Jacksonville. When Fred Taylor was able to play, he was one of the most dominant running backs in the history of the NFL. Like I'm not even exaggerating one of the most dominant running backs in the history of the NFL when he played, but he was injured so much in his career. That's why he had the nickname of fragile Freddie. Like, I don't think he's in, he did. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I know it's funny, but he really did. And um, yeah, I don't think he's in the hall of fame and I don't think he'll go in the hall of fame because of that. But he had like, I don't, he probably doesn't still have them now, but like he set records like his rookie season, if I remember correctly. But he was just injured so much. I mean, while we're talking about it, like I, I don't think I'd pay more than like forty five dollars if that for McCaffrey. And I say that, and I know people are like, "Are you crazy?" I know that I might miss out on like a really good player, but I don't know if I'm going to get that whole player for the whole season. Like it's different if you miss a couple games, you know. I can I can pass right. you know, maybe a backup in. Right. 
Like he came and back, they, hey, and if he had stayed season? back, right? If he had come back and been able to stay, like I could have played him yesterday, dude. Think about it. if I had played him. If I yeah. could have played him and Fournette yesterday, what a powerhouse! Oh, they win. Even if you yeah. didn't have Lamar, you know what I'm saying? If Lamar right. went down, you probably still would have got a win. Right, and the reason I lost was because Lamar got hurt, and then Adams had twenty something points Sunday last night. Like he went off last night. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I, McCaffrey's not a McCaffrey's not a running back. I'm going to shoot for. Um. I know he's now. he's a guy, and I'm, I'm like unless I got a really good deal on him, and I'll tell you also, and this is uh, another player that has a great potential, but he plays for a crappy team. Um, and he gets injured, is Saquon Barkley. I like Saquon Barkley, but I'm not willing to yes. pay that money. That he's he also – to him. Right. I mean, he was already there this year. Like, a lot of people weren't going to pay but a lot for him, and definitely not next year. Yeah. He went in the 40s, but I still wouldn't pay that much for him because I think $40, I can probably get a really good receiver high 20s, like a really good receiver, top 10 probably, and then still have 10 bucks to go get somebody else. So it's like a decent back. Like that's how I view it. Is like cool. I can have Saquon right. Barkley, and if he's great, I, I you know I, I get him at forty bucks. That's great. But I think I got burned on Clyde Edwards Hilaire last year for like fifty five dollars. <laughs> that like I'm yeah. just now like I want to go the big dogs I can get. I want to go guys that yeah okay Cook like I know that going about Cook that he gets injured. Um, he doesn't play sixteen games. He probably plays about twelve games a season, and I know that. So that's why I try to right. get his backup because then if, if Madison's in, he does usually pretty well. He, doesn't, he usually kind of gets comparable stats, so I can do it. Or if I have a third running back, I can put you know someone in for him, and that's cool. But it's just like when you miss like half the season or more, and it's happened multiple years in a row, I'm almost out on you as a player as far as for fantasy football. Yep, and that's well, that's why I told you right. I didn't take Kyler Murray this year. I told remember before, before the draft, I was like, dude, I'm not taking Kyler Murray. Like, he's going to be too much money, and he's going to get injured. He's going to do great in September, maybe in the October. He's going to get injured, and that's exactly what happened this year. <laughs> so, yeah, but, I mean, he's already back, and I think, you know, like, yeah. I think he's I think he's done pretty well this year, um, even with the injury. You know, like. But let's, let's say, okay, he went for 20-something in our league. I don't remember the exact price. It was probably between 20 and 25. Somewhere in that range. Which is not much for a good quarterback. No, that's pretty high for a quarterback. Most Lamar is usually the highest, or Mahomes, and they usually go the highest. Mahomes and and Lamar usually go the highest, and they're about most of the time in the 30s. Mahomes can go a little higher in the 40s, I've seen. Right. But, like, okay, let's look. I was into Jalen Hurts heading into the season. I paid $5. No, I paid $3 for Jalen Hurts. And he's been like top seven quarterback in fantasy football, and he's been way better right. than and more. Well, reliable. how much was her? How much did Herbert go? Herbert went more. My backup, I bought yeah. Justin Fields cost me five bucks, and I don't even. I dropped him after like three weeks, and I paid five dollars for Justin Fields, and I paid yep. three dollars for Hertz. And Hertz has been right. Well, seven. that's like Fields, me getting Mac. A lot of people just didn't know. It was their rookie year. A lot of people just didn't know. You know, so like I was able to pick up Mac mm-hmm. a few weeks later. I don't think I paid anything for Mac. He was he was a free agent. 
No, I think you got him for free. Yeah, he was just – Yeah, in the waiver wire. I think you just got him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just – that's just – people didn't know. Uh, whereas now they yeah. will. And that's that's fine. Yeah. I, I really wish I would have spent – like at the time, I really wish I would have just like let Fields go because I wanted, I didn't know how Hurts was going to be or if it was going to be his job all season. I wish I would have just like, okay, I'm going to roll with Hurts. I'm going to not bid five bucks on on um, uh, shoot, on Fields, and I'll keep that $5, and maybe I'll pick up on the waiver wire or I'll bid like a dollar and get Minshew, his backup. <laughs> And you know, Minshew goes in and plays. Minshew is a decent fantasy quarterback, and he actually right. I but he him didn't play much the bye week, and he did well for me. So, yeah, uh, I wish I would have done that differently. But that's that's not like my my main thing. I think, uh, I don't know. I think main thing is like I still didn't really do well with receiver, even though I had AJ Brown this year. Like I, I went big on like one big receiver. You had Diggs. I traded for him. I'm talking about like drafting wise. The the, the trade the trade. Oh, good. gotcha. I see that worked out pretty even right. with both of us. It um, did. It did. Like losing Diggs was big, but I gained a lot in Harris as being like a supple, yeah, and you got, supplemental. And Debo had a big year, so that yeah. kind of like it didn't it softened the blow of even losing Diggs. I think that the most, right. the most one-sided trade that I ended up making um, was the Kamara trade. And I, I mean, right. And not that it was like, I just, you, at the time you can't see it cause it looked like a pretty decent trade. Um, I'm trying to pull it up right now, but I traded uh, Alvin Kamara. Oh no, I'm sorry. I received Alvin Kamara. So I only got Alvin Kamara and um, right. I traded uh, Zach Moss, who at the time, to, in, in in my defense, was doing pretty well uh, as the lead back for the Bills. Not great, but pretty solid. So I traded him, and I traded uh, AJ Brown and Matt Gesicki, who was at that who who actually started coming on a couple games after that. And Gesicki's been like okay; he's probably been like in the. 10 to 15 range of tight end. So he hasn't been great, but he's been an okay tight end to have. I know that the, right. the guy I traded him to end up dropping Zach Moss yeah. and AJ Brown, of course has been injured. So I definitely got the better end of that deal. Even though I didn't have Kamara for four weeks, it's like you have Kamara and he's just great. Right. Um, then I think our chair yeah. is pretty even. And the, I would say I either lost or we both kind of, soured about the Jamar Chase because I traded for a second receiver and I got Jamar Chase and I traded away Eli Mitchell and Mike Williams. And Mike Williams has been just okay. Eli Mitchell's been pretty good and I could probably could have used that running back when I you know had Henry go down and whatnot. But I would say that's pretty even because Jamar Chase hasn't been great. And it's kinda kinda even. I think maybe he slightly won that that trade. But it's it's pretty yeah. close. That one's close, but I think I could have lost that. I think I kind of lost that one. It's whatever because I I would have be starting I guess Cordell or Patterson as my second receiver, and I, I use him as a flex a lot. So, eh, it, I mean I guess I could have used uh, Mitchell. I don't know. You know, uh, someone else that I think is going to be much lower next year in draft is Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. He, I don't because he, he has for a couple of years now. Like I kind of try to stay away from him. Right. Like, I, he really. Year, he held out. 
Yeah, I mean, like last year, the whole team was just kind of defeated. It was just a after Dax got hurt. After yeah. Dak, I always call him Dax. And the line got hurt too last year. Right, but after Dak got hurt, there was just kind of like like a bleh, that whole team just didn't really try. This year, though, you expected like him to really come on strong, and he just has not. Now, apparently, he's a little banged up. I question really how, how banged up he is. Um, but yeah, he's just he he's been a letdown this year. Luckily, I picked up Pollard, which has also been a good help for me because Pollard has actually had a better season than Elliot. He really has. So that was another good pickup by me uh, later on. But he's definitely had a better. I picked him up either on waiver or maybe even free agent when Zeke first started getting hurt. And so, like, I was like, I grabbed him as the backup because it was obvious he was going to get a lot of playtimes. And then, lo and behold, he ends up playing very well. So, like, even games when they had both of them playing, he outplayed Zeke. Oh, yeah. And that's two years in a row too, because Pollard looked that way last year. I got, I had the last time I had Zeke in fantasy was the I, I don't I think I only had maybe one season, and it was the season, and he fell to me like at four, um, and it was the season that uh, he held out, but he got signed before the season started, so I don't think I missed any games with him or anything. He was kind of like slow coming in, like the first two, I'll say, like he didn't right. get full workloads, and he was okay that year, like he wasn't a bad running back at all I don't you know he wasn't as good as he was like the year prior but he's still pretty reliable um and I'm surprised I took that risk because the year before I took the lady on bell risk and that's the year he held out and that fucking sucks is to lose your number one draft because this was a snake draft this is the work league I took him find number one pick right at like three overall and then you have holding out the whole season and you just lose that pick and it sucks because that's that's like one of your best players in fantasy and I think I still ended up finishing in second place. Like, I ended up going to the title game and lost it. But that sucks. Like, if I just would have had anybody else in that spot, maybe I would have won. Because we don't have trades in that league, which is weird. So, I know I didn't make any trades in the yeah. team, other than maybe someone huh. off the, the free agent wire. But it's like, man. Right. I just would have had someone else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. He's not someone I'm going to be looking for. Now, I say that, but it – also, it is Ezekiel Elliott, so I wouldn't be surprised if he came back next year and did really well. I wouldn't even be surprised if he turned. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if he yeah. turns it up by the end of this season, especially if he is banged up and he kind of gets a chance to recover. But I mean, I'm, he's going to have to show something next season to become to like. He's going to have to step back up. Because he has been a letdown. I didn't have him, so he's a player, it didn't matter to me. But just as a football fan. After last season, and, and as you're saying, it wasn't just him. It was like the whole Dallas team. They got, you know, that goes down. The line goes, gets injured. So for me, though, last year, I saw the signs. Like, he wasn't as good. Pollard looked better a lot in certain games. And I thought, I'm, he's a, he was a stay away from me this year. Like, if I guess if I got him for like 20 bucks, I'll take Zeke. I mean, I'm not going to be dumb. I mean, there is a price I'll pay for Zeke at a certain point, but like, I'm just not willing to pay what I know they're going to go for in certain spots. Like, I'm not paying fifty-five dollars for Zeke. It's not worth it. 
And now, like and, I just mentioned, right. I would not pay $60 for McCaffrey next year. I wouldn't, you know, I yeah. wouldn't pay oh, 50 for no. McCaffrey because there's a good chance he won't play all season. I would rather my, I, I would yeah. rather go knowing that I have a player that's probably going to play unless he gets an injury versus a guy that's had an injury pass the last two or three years when he's really been down a lot. Right. Yeah. Like McCaffrey is very low in the, now in the rankings and, and so is Zeke because Pollard had a better season than him so far this year. Definitely a better yeah. Pollard fantasy. has looked a lot better, more explosive and everything. He's definitely been the better fantasy choice, which again, I'm glad I was able to grab him. Um, you know, so that's one thing I do think I, I do feel like I'm pretty, I got, because I didn't do fantasy at all last year. So when this year started, I was a little bit rusty because I had yeah. taken that year off from it, but I was yeah. able to get pretty good again at like looking and checking and being able to like, you know, like the, it was just hard because we had, like we've already mentioned, there were so few players available because we had 12 teams, but I was able to do a, I was able to do that yeah. well, like finding other people for the most part, um, like to fill the gaps in a lot of ways. Um, and to lose your, like your number one draft pick. I mean, right. granted, like it's not like a snake style where, you know, you're literally losing a first round draft pick, but it's like, you put a lot of money out for, for Christian McCaffrey and, and you were able to recover pretty well. Like you, and plus you started off right. pretty bad. Like you were and three or and four yes. before that first win. Yeah, I was and three. I was 0-3 while still putting up good scores. It was just not yeah, good enough. <laughs> it, we had a four-way tie heading into this last week, and two teams really winning wouldn't matter to you at all because you had a couple hundred points more than them, and you weren't right. going to get outscored by that many this week because that's oh, that would have been crazy. Um, so you pretty much only had right. one team to really worry about as far as like, if you both won because it was so close between you and him already. Um, exactly. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you, uh, yeah, you did, like, like you recover. That's losing your best player for pretty much the whole season. You know, maybe four games he played or whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking. Right. Yeah, he didn't do I, that much. I'm enjoying this season. I mean, I've enjoyed it. I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. Um, I think what will be really nice is I know some people that will probably. I think Tom will probably. Play. I would be surprised if he doesn't. But I think Tom will play again this year. I mean, next year, I would think um, Chrissy again. Um, and I know there'll be others too. Right, probably. But I think that... Uh, I think Jason might. I mean, like, Jason and I, we don't talk a lot outside of, like... Yeah. But uh, we have each other's number. Like, he texted me last night saying, like, Adams is going to go off. And I was like, no, he's not. And <laughs> then he did. <laughs> Dad, damn it. Um, but, yeah. Well, so. like, I don't know. I think I, next year, if it's 12, that's fine. I definitely... I definitely from doing my first 12-team league, I wouldn't personally win at 14. I think it would be so watered down. No, no. so detrimental Four, if you did lose somebody that, nah. 14 um, is a bad idea. I think 10 yeah. is 12 best. is – 10's great. If we have 10, if we have yep. 12 that want to play again, I'm fine with doing 12. I can, we can manage 12 and be okay because I've seen it go now. Um, it's a little more difficult yeah. in certain spots, but you're still okay. But ten is ten is like you. You still are, have solid teams. Anything less than ten, it's like you have all star teams, right. and you're just. You. It's almost like someone just underperforms right. that weekend. It's in, not in spread this. out enough. Yeah. Right. So ten, yeah. ten's is good. Twelve is, I'd say twelve is. Twelve is harder, but it's 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 a nice challenge. It's not it's not like a 
a crazy challenge. Like, uh, it's still something you can do. So I, I would say probably 10 or 12. If we have 12, great. If we have 11, we'll go up to 12. Um, the only thing I want to change in both leagues is I hate the two-day waiver period as far as, like, not going into Wednesday. But, like, if I drop a player yeah. on Wednesday, I hate that you can't pick him up till like, Friday or Saturday. That's so stupid. It should be one day, not two yeah. days. So I'm going to change right. that next year in right. both leagues. Because what if you – what if you want someone that's playing on Thursday? Yeah, yeah but you and can't so get it. I want to do like the one day because, yeah, like especially the main express league is where I didn't I really realize it, and it's just kind of like you don't need two yeah. days if you don't if you don't get on the fantasy football app enough to know when someone has dropped. Then I'm sorry, it's been a whole day. You've had at least a chance to look at it. You can look at it once a day and be okay. You know, right. Which I didn't do a lot of waiver. A lot of what I did was I was able just to I was free agent stuff, um, but I definitely mm-hmm. did. I definitely did some some waiver, um, and it helped. It definitely helped. It just got to a point where there was hardly anybody on the waiver either. You know, the thing that I did heading into it this year, and I didn't really take this as a cue because um, I, I never have done. Um, I mean, we had one last year and I had it spread out for, you know, to, to, I think I ran out probably around like 12 or so last year as far as money. Um, but this year I was like, if, if there's a player I want early in the season, that since he's going to do well, I'm just going to go all in. So like, I, there are definitely regrets. Like I've spent 21 bucks on KJ Osborne after like two weeks. Cause I needed like a, <laughs> a struggling with receiver. Uh, and there was probably one or two that, uh, that weren't great, but, uh, Overall, not bad. Like, there are a few things I definitely don't mind spending my money on. Like, I probably spent a little money on the Patriots, and they've pretty much been on my team as far as one of my defenses. Not saying I played them every week, but they've been pretty reliable every year. Uh, I picked up Mitchell, which was a good pickup off for the 49ers. I I traded him, so I only had him for like a week or two, but it was still a good pickup. Um, I picked up Bateman because he was showing promise, and it was the whole bonus because it was my quarterback throwing to him and so yeah. i did him on waiver and then he really went downhill right after i got him that's that kind of like annoying. chase except for like he's yeah. had chase had like two good games um knox was a knox was my best pickup for sure because i had for no sure. tight end uh and I, I that was a regret i i bailed on hunter Andy too much like too like too soon like he wasn't doing great. He was getting like four points a week, and I was like, I can't do this with tight end. <laughs> it was so frustrating. So I ended up uh, Knox started looking pretty good, and I picked him up after like week or two or three. And he's been, he actually was really solid for me. Um, but then Henry took off really, really well. I bailed on Henry too early, um, right? But yeah. I then got like Fryermuth was Waddle was great. I can't remember if I drafted Waddle or not, but like he's been a very nice surprise. Like he has been great, but he's reliable because he gets a ton of targets. And he gets like 70, 90 yards. So I know if I put him in my lineup, I'm probably getting like nine points. I don't have to worry about him getting like two points and just doing nothing. And he may not explode for 20, but I know I can get nine points at least. So it's kind of, he's been very reliable. My greatest pickup was Cordell Patterson though. Like, holy cow. What a, what a just player he has been this year. Um, he was, yeah. he was been pretty good. My biggest I think uh, aside from injuries, um, one of my letdowns was Beasley. Just really didn't. Yeah, he, Beasley did nothing. And he was so not. unreliable. Like, right. he would have a couple good games, but they're so peppered in, you don't know when he's going to have a great game. Right. 
And that's, right. that's what I hate. I really just despise that because I would rather you'd be like, I know I can put you in like nine points every week or eight points. And know I can, if I'm in a bind, I at least can get that versus like, are you getting two points this week or six or four or 10? And he was very much that this season. Like he was not reliable at all. I ended up benching, benching him a lot uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I definitely, uh, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's done for me now. Uh, we've also, we've, We've yeah. talked. Well, I mean, there is still like still, still, still play attention to the user, like the loser bracket, the uh, consolation bracket, over it's called. Uh, that that does still go through the playoffs, even though like you can't win like the prize money, so it's for funds. <laughs> you can still claim like the seventh record or whatever, so might be you know worth it, I guess. Just to, you don't have to be as like hardcore about it, but you can be like, yeah, let's put a lineup in. Um, Again, we've talked a lot about sports and everything, but I didn't really have a whole lot to talk about as far as music goes, so it kind of worked out that way. Yeah. Um, we we talked more about sports than I expected to. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I didn't expect us to talk that much about sports. Um, but, yeah, let's go ahead and swap over now to side B with some music. Um, so... One uh, one thing you know to mention is just how how the t- albums of the year are going. I have I have not. Yeah. If people are paying attention to my Spotify playlist, we both have them up. They're in the show notes as of last week. I do know we've had a few friends. Yeah, I put them in the show notes. We've had a few friends that said they've looked for it. So. Um, I'll go ahead and just run through as I'm I'm. Uh, you're not doing this, but I'm dwindling down to 10. And I started, I think, with like mm-hmm. just a little over 30. Um, I forget now, but I know I counted them. But so I have. <laughs> I had 20 some. I had like early 20s, like 22 to 24. So the so I have knocked off six. So Lord Huron, long lost, is off. The Drowned God Pale Home, I've removed. The Killers, Pressure Machine. I've, and these are all good albums. Yeah. But they're, they're not going to make my top ten. Uh, Need to Breathe Into the Mystery. Lucy Dacus, Home Video. It's a good album, but it's just not in my top ten. Uh, Capra, In Transmission. And i got to be honest... One of the things that ultimately hurts that album for me is the production is not great. It's a it's a bit too raw for me. If the production on that album was a little bit better, it might. I don't. I, I still think it may not would make the final top ten, but I probably wouldn't have dropped it yet. Um, some others that I might end up dropping. I only have one rap album. And um, it's Royce Lovett, um, which he's actually a friend of mine also. So that it's a little more sentimental, but it's good. Like he's a very talented um, MC, singer, and guitar player. But he he the last few years he was on a record like a small record label that really pushed him to sing more. Uh, mm-hmm. So so this. 
So like, I'm even one of the people that did this like two years ago. I messaged him and I was like, hey, man, I'm just curious. And I, and I know it was a question he got that probably was annoying, but I even did it. I was like, hey, man, um, how come you're not rapping much? <laughs> you know, like he used to have he he used to have a good balance of like Gambino. Yeah. And I was just like, how come you're not rapping much? And uh and he was just like, you know, it's just not what's coming out. But then later I actually did an interview with him on my podcast that's very hit or miss. But anyways, he did a mixtape this year and the title of the mixtape is They Say I Don't Rap Enough, Volume One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's pretty good i like it and it's good he's talented but also it's the fact that it's my only rap album because i just don't listen to enough rap and that's on me um but it's a good album so it's still there but it's it's getting close that one's kind of getting close to the chopping block uh i have three uh yeah. sidebar i have um I'm I'm not gonna get into mine or anything, but I finally finalized it over the weekend. I have three rap albums that made my top list. Right. So these are the type of things I should have been listening to, probably. Yeah. So what are your three? Well, I can't tell them yet because it'll actually be for the the ones that are listed. So I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll probably post it. Um, I'll probably post it on uh, Instagram. Well, when you do you want to do the do you want it next week to maybe shoot for the music episode as far as like next week we need to go next week we probably need to go heavy in our albums of the year because we're running at we're running out a year <laughs> what i would say is next week because we're already looking at the 20 something of december at that point depending what night we record right. um because i want to do it Whatever night works for you best. Uh, this is a little off the grid. Welcome to the behind the scenes. So I would say let's do it a night where we can probably let's set aside at least we're gonna at least need two hours. We'll we'll be we'll right. do a quick maybe like fantasy thing if there's an absolute banger of a game or something we need to mention. But let's try to keep sports to like fifteen minutes or less, if not even shorter than that. Right. And it'll, it'll be small, and it'll probably still end up being like a two parter. Um, yeah, I, yeah. If we can do it all in one night, and maybe even split it, that would probably be more ideal. But if because it's like you're in the flow and everything, and I feel like that would work really well. So if we could right. do like if we had a night where we had but three you, hours in any night of the week, um, and especially since it's not really much on sports, we could pretty much do it whenever. But uh, if we had a night where we had like three right. or four hours just available, uh, that would be awesome because I feel like it's going to take at least three hours. <laughs> um, now, did you have? Have you put like your playlist up like I did where people can listen to it? So I don't do it like that. So what I do is I make a right. playlist of like some of my favorite songs throughout the year. And so that's mine. Gotcha. Um, so any song that I really enjoyed and because there's some songs on every album that yeah, maybe they're a skip or something, you know, not all albums are perfect, but uh, I definitely there's a there's some albums that have had like multiple, definitely a lot of songs like most of them have if you look at it you can get an idea of what albums i really enjoyed throughout the year but it's also getting a, right i think it also is a good way to highlight some of the songs on albums maybe that didn't make the cut so um maybe uh an artist or two had a couple good songs i really really enjoyed but the album as a whole either didn't 
hit me right or maybe they didn't do an album but they did a couple singles and so it's another way to to like do that as well so i kind of like doing it that way um gotcha but mine i do have a i'm not going to tell i say anything what i have on there i'm going to tell you a few things i cut tonight i'll I'll give that out but i have it down to 14 main lists like a a main list of 14 top so i do have a final number it's 14 which that's kind of a little bit better than I expected. I expected maybe even a few more. So, and I really tried to be thorough. Like when I went and reviewed right. everything, I really wanted to make right. sure that this really met. I have four honorable mentions. So when we talk about them, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dwell on them a long time. I'm gonna try to keep it under like a minute, maybe a minute and a half. Just here's what I liked about this record. Here's why it's on my honorable mention. Um, the the main albums I'll talk about more, mm-hmm. and uh, of course I'll show you what my list looks like and everything. Yeah, I'll I'll even send that tonight. I don't care because I like I said I'll probably post it because it's cool if it's posted. But then I want to I'm gonna really want to discuss right. some of these records. That's I'm really looking forward to that. But um, let me go to a picture that I sent you. Oh, for sure. I've actually I think that yeah. I have it in my pictures here. Um, uh, I'm going through. Right. We all know. We all know. Turnstile is your top. Whether you're calling it that yet or not, it's your <laughs> album of the year. All will be revealed. Um, so a few albums I cut. Uh, okay. So I, I have a list up that I had, I think I'd sent you earlier, and this might be missing one or two because I, I don't think I have the one. I think I, I ended up throwing that one away when I because I'll rip them out of my book and everything and scratch them and. But um, so Duran Jones. Which um, I liked the Duran Jones album. I actually have it on vinyl. Um, I like Duran Jones. It it features Aaron Fraser, so he's an artist I introduced you to earlier this year, and I really like Aaron Fraser. Right. I like yeah. Duran Jones too, but this is a, like a, a little hint. I liked his record better, and I could have had both records on there, but I just they thought I. I like the Drans Jones record. I didn't love it. Like I couldn't see it being anywhere near the t- like my favorite album of the year, um, or even like I enjoyed listening to it. I definitely will go back and listen to it. I like that kind of sound that it has to it. It has like an old school kind of soulful sound. Mm-hmm. But I don't see me like I can never put it towards the top, and I didn't feel like worthy to be in my top list. Not saying it's a bad record. Just I really do like it. I said I'll go back and listen to it. But that's one that that was on the chopping block for me. Um, right. This one was on auto mentions, and then I cut it. Uh, Foxing, uh, draw down the moon. That was one that was like I really, I really liked that record. I'll, I'll listen to it. It's definitely. I tweeted earlier. It was like this is like Foxing's best record. It's definitely not, but it's really good. I like it. It's really different. Nope. Very pop heavy um, for them. Yes. Uh, even though it's like not really poppy, there's definitely some older school elements they have in their stuff, but it's. It definitely, I like it, and I'll go back and listen to it. But at the end of the day, I, I couldn't justify putting it in my top list. Um, uh, yeah. Teenage Wrist right. was another one that uh, didn't quite make it for mm-hmm. me. Uh, it was another one I loved listening to that record. I like that record. I know we talked about in a couple earlier episodes where, like I said, like, well, I'm not trying to show this record, but it's just like, you know. It's just a it's a good record, but it's not like my favorite record of the year. If that makes sense, I just enjoyed listening to it. Right. So that's why I got cut. Right. It's just like it's one of those records that I enjoy listening to. I'll go back and listen to, and I like almost all the songs, at least like seventy to eighty percent of the songs on there. But it's just like I can't justify putting it in my top albums list. And it's um, the difference of fun and substance. Yeah. Yeah. Is what we and decided. this is the, this is probably the most surprising cut, and I I think this is one that. 
going back and spending more time with this one is like time progresses. I may regret not doing this. This might be like one of those ones I add later via comment on my post on Instagram when I post the, the actual top list, but, uh, um, Noah Gunderson. I, I cut Noah Gunderson. <laughs> okay. That was the one that hurt. <laughs> it's just, I mean, oh. it's a, it's a sad, well, not real sad, but it's, it's a, it's an emotional album. It's kind of a sad album. It's a, for the most part, a slow album. But that's also him. That's Noah. And a, a, that's a lot of oh, yeah. and it's, what Noah does. It's still in my top as of now. I don't know yet if it'll make it through the top 10. Um, but it's still, it's still there as of right now. Um, so we'll just have to see. But no, I can understand it, that. I toyed with that one a lot because that one I did. I love the record. The first couple listens, I didn't find myself going back to as much as I thought that I would, even though it came out kind of early. Like I'm not, and it's not like it came out in November is what I mean by that. Or like late October, it came out like in September or August. Right. Um, It wasn't a, it wasn't a super late release. Yeah. And and over time I may regret not putting my top. And like I said, I may add it via comment, like, ah, I know Gunnarsson, Pillar of Salt. But it just, I didn't find myself going back to it like I thought that I would when I first was really into it those first couple weeks. I still like the record. Um, I told of putting an honorable mention, but I just felt like it wasn't there enough for me to where I could put it in even honorable mention. Um, so I left that one off the list. I knew it was when I was still mowing, so I knew it was like late summer, early fall. So I thought it might maybe September is what I was thinking, but okay. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, it's a good album, but he's an artist that I have yeah, followed. It is. I've followed, I have followed him for a long time anyways. So, um, one of the hard parts for me though, is with albums like that, because the impression they have made is mm-hmm. still so much f- more fresh when it's a later in the year release. But like I've mentioned in yeah. past episodes, when we started talking about our album of the years, uh, one of the things I do like is going back and being reminded of the albums that I haven't listened to as much the second yeah. half because they came so early in 2021 that I was listening to new mm-hmm. albums. And so so stuff like the Billie Eilish that I still say does not get enough credit um, or like the one that's not going to be on a lot of records uh, like I don't, I don't they're not going to be on many lists but because they're so underground but five iron frenzy yeah their new album is really really good you know so uh, that one is still on my list but that was one i re i i kind of got to revisit so now that's one of the things i enjoy when we're oh, making hey, these oh that's like that's and that's one of my favorite parts because sometimes you're like oh man i I haven't listened to this in a long time and it hits me in this different way now. Um, cause it's, you know, been a couple months or I, I've revisited this one. Uh, I'll go ahead and, and, uh, I saw spin had theirs up this, this week, uh, today, actually, um, spin had turnstile number one. <laughs> it That's made not a one surprise. So that was cool. Um, also I'd like to, cause I'm going to throw this out to you cause I knew you've, you've talked about it. Like, uh, St. Vincent, Daddy's Home. That one was in their top. Like it wasn't like top ten. It might have been like seventeen. It might have been lower. Right. To be honest, I I just kind of I didn't read the article. I really just kind of scrolled through and see what they had. I was at work, so I couldn't read the article. Right. Same. I've mostly some of the yeah. Work. Right. 
Yeah, that's the same with me. And like I mentioned in a previous episode, I was kind of surprised how many lists it was landing on, even if not in the top 10, just how many lists it was landing on. Because from what I yeah. remember, there was a lot. Of, I got a lot of, I read a lot of reviews when it first came out of people being kind of underwhelmed by it. And I just think, like I've mentioned yeah. before, it has a really cool sound and I really like it. So I'm glad that I'm seeing, I think it was an album that maybe had to sit with some people and they had to take time with it is what I think. But I think it's a very good album. Uh, it, it, yeah, I'll Honestly, be su- I, really, I don't think I've really listened to it like once. I really need to listen to that. I really, I really need to listen to her more because she's one of those artists I've listened to a few songs, but I've never, and maybe even like a full record here and there, but I've never really really listen listened and i feel like i really need to do that because i think uh i I don't think i appreciate her as much as maybe she deserves i didn't pay attention to her until the album she did with uh david burns love this giant i that was my first time paying attention to her and that's an incredible album and there's a little and i was actually thinking about this this past week some of this album and that album cross over sound wise. Not a lot, but some. There's definitely yeah. some of that I see in it, or I hear in it, uh, I should say. Uh, and that was an incredible album. And so I, it was kind of cool. I started picking up on that this past week. Um, but yeah, I didn't really pay attention to her much before that. Um, the. Uh, the album Mass Seduction was the one that really made me go, oh, wow. Because that was when she broke her sound and went very pop. Mm-hmm. Like, she went... Yeah, she was even on the Grammys. Like, at yeah. the, after the year, you know how, like, it'll come out in, like, that next mm, January, February, whenever the Grammys are. The, she was on... She played the Grammys, which I was kind of surprised because she doesn't seem that type of artist that they would invite to play. It's not like, I don't know, if Grimm is a weird one, it comes to like alternative music or, and I say alternative, and it's like it's a big branch, um, but they kind of don't want to do with some artists, so they put them as alternative, and that's, I feel like that, that's what happens to St. Vincent a lot. <laughs> she was, uh, when it comes to Grimm, at least, and she played, and she actually she did a pretty was, good job, but it just was, uh, yeah, it was definitely like, popular than any of her other stuff that I had previously heard. Yes, but she did it so well. Like, she went pop in all the right ways that it wasn't like it wasn't like oh saint vincent's gone pop it was oh wow yeah saint vincent just did just took pop by the balls and didn't yeah she went she went and did pop and just like she didn't put like a, like it wasn't like a you know i'm putting out a pop record for popularity i'm gonna show you how good pop music can right. be and that's that's i know a lot of people right. don't like pop music i i i'm i admittedly like pop music um it's not my favorite genre by any means but when someone does it and does it well, I have no problem with pop music. I think that's awesome if you can if you can do it really well. Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, that's how that album was. It was just so well done. But like this album, and she's had albums since. But this album, Daddy's Home, is not a pop album. You know, it's more that kind of avant garde that she was always known. So she was like before Mass, uh, before Mass Seduction, before she yeah. played Grammys, like you're talking about. She was very popular in the underground. Like she yeah. was a big 
for underground, she was a big artist, but she was still underground. I would say more indie yeah, than guess. underground. So if that the reason I say that is because she was popular like in like the indie, like say like almost like hipster community, I feel like. Yes. More well known. Sure. Like I knew of her. Like so she's she I right. I'm a, I, she was on my radar. It's not like I didn't it's not like I I I didn't know of her and she just like came out like I've heard about her either the self-titled one or the one with like the white cover where it has like a mouth open on it. It was one of those two records, like in the early aughts, uh, early 2010s or something like that. I feel like 2013. Right. That was when like, I knew her, I knew her name. Yeah. I didn't know her. Yeah. That's, she was, that's all. I'm, that's why I'd say she's more like underground. I consider as like, there is, I would say, I know it's, it doesn't really matter, but the uh, underground, I'd say more was like that is freshly signed or maybe the, like, like I almost feel like turnstiles underground in a way. Like, even though I know they're on like a you know a pretty big label right now, I, I don't know if Roadrunner is major or not, but pretty big label, and they're just blowing they were, up this year. I feel like they're yeah. more underground, taking everyone by surprise with this record, even yes. though this is like their third record. If that makes sense, right? Yes. No, I agree with that. I kind like for me indie like indie and what I consider popular underground are kind of the same thing, I guess, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, okay. Where like, yeah, they're not playing arenas. They're not all over radio, that type of thing. They're not. They're definitely not yeah. mainstream. But they're they're they are a known act. And like, if you really follow music heavy, but if you're someone that follows just like the the main artists out there, you're not going to hear of them. It's kind of like so. I give this example for many many years for almost two decades probably if music people held ryan adams in very high esteem but the average person that listened to music a lot didn't know who ryan adams was for many for a while there i knew of saint vincent and people that really followed music she was she was a well-known artist, but the average listener did not know who she was. And, you know, so so like Paste Magazine sense. is going to have those artists listed. But but the the average listener does not. So like these people are ne- they're not playing arenas and stuff like that. You know, this is what I mean. Mm hmm. And so that's where yeah, I, I that makes sense. Yeah, that like, I, I think I'd agree with that even. Yeah, that's where to me like underground and indie kind of overlap when you start talking about the bigger underground acts. Uh, but but yeah, I mean that's about it. I did want to bring up your opinion of. <laughs> I get where you don't think the band Idols sounds like me without you. I still say yeah, they're it, very it, I still say they're a very British me without you. But when you made the comment of I have seen them on some year when you made the comment about how like, oh, they're really chaotic, I'm just like, but me without you is known for being chaotic. I mean, me without you is actually more post hardcore, I would say, than idols. And, you know, like the last album, the untitled album that Me Without You put out is actually described I found an article it's described as chaotic hardcore and dreamy indie rock 
I mean, they are described as chaotic. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Okay. So let me see what I want to touch on first. So idols, uh, I, I've been seeing them on a couple year lists. So I was like, all right. Yeah. If it sounds like me, that you really do need to give this band a listen. Uh, and I know you'd mentioned to me earlier. That's how I first heard them. Right. So I gave them and a again, listen. That's like the closest. I'm not saying to me without They're you. both chaotic. They're, they both do a lot of that, like, talk, yell, sing. Talk, yell, sing. But they're there's both, a but here. They're, they're both post, different ways. They're both post-punk, post-hardcore. Also, it's this thing of, like, Idols is very British. And that is brings an element all its own. I I just think they're chaotic in different ways. Um, Me without you is more of like a raw chaotic, like sound. Like I would say untitled rather than being. What did someone call it as? Did you say dreamo? What did you say? It was indie a rock? no. It was. No. It was no. It's more of yeah. Like, indie. It said chaotic hardcore. It's more and of like that indie. second wave of emo kind of sound and I, not like the pop punk emo but like um how there's like citizen and balance composure and um the hotelier and bands like that kind of sound is how when right. i when i hear that new me without you record that's exactly what that sounds like so it sounds of more of like a second wave yeah. emo album then i would say or even like yeah of course the the regular me without you sound but i'm saying more versus like indie they don't sound indie indie would be like right I would they say like sounded the indie on or like something similar yeah. to that style, like an alternative indie kind of sound. Whereas I think they sound more of like the closest uh, second wave emo. They're post. They're post hardcore. I mean, they're yeah. still very much yeah. post hardcore to them. Um, but they do that in an indie way. I would say kind of because they've always been different. They've always been a bit avant garde. For um, their most indie sounding was probably it's all crazy, it's all false, it's all the dream. Where they went more folk. And yeah. The most indie sounding record absolutely is that right. one. And I think that was like such a surprise for fans of me without you at the time. Like, it was. Even me. Yeah. But I mean, that was one of those bands. I, I, I love the last time I've done. That's the last time I saw them live. Was oh, you're missing out. Man. They, they've done some good stuff. Like I went to the, the A to B tenure because I, or I think it was 15. But um, I've seen them I, four times also. I mean, I've been listening to them like since their first album that's so. close to where i am i'm probably a little bit more than you i'm probably like six i would say because i know i've seen them right but i saw them at a festival uh when um god the second record came out the one after ab life um really you saw because you were pretty young when that came out yeah yeah i uh i had not listened i was just like the first album was already out like by the time i was really into like say like tooth and l bands so they were just getting ready to release uh, the second record. And so that's, they played a right. big festival up in Pennsylvania and I went with a couple friends and that's like the first time I had seen them live. Um, right. See, I, I was don't think they ever college. played like a warp tour when I went like, I mean, they played warp tour, but I don't think mm-hmm. ever like a Pittsburgh date. I don't think maybe one. Um. I've been to a bunch of their solo shows. Like I've, I came to the, went to the one Morgantown. I went to the A to B life one. So I've been to two since I've been back in this area. Um, so that puts me at least at three shows right. and probably four. Cause I feel like they've been at least one warp tour, but who knows? Um, 
and then yeah probably at least i know i saw them on brother sister for sure because i love brother yeah. sister is like see i haven't awesome. seen them in right well now. over yeah i haven't seen them in well over a decade um Damn. but also so good the i'm saying idols not just this album so the last the, okay this this album is i would say more rock but more rock and more uh, i would say their other stuff is a little bit closer to post-hardcore whereas this album has been described like a post-punk kind of dabbling with some like experimental stuff that so this idols album is a little more accessible and so they're not as much me without you but again I still say there's so a lot of the elements for me, it's the, the vocals while are exactly the same. It's that similar style that talk, yell, sing, talk, yell, sing, and the chaoticness there, but they are more post-punk. But again, also like, I think probably the biggest difference is the, they're very British. So I'm not trying to say they are exactly like me without you. That's just the closest like comparison that I could give that you and our listeners that I know, I think they hit um, because of the way they do music. Um, as, again, especially the way they do vocals. Um, but again, it's also a very British delivery. <laughs> um, okay. I mean, I would have to listen to them more. I just, when I first listened, I, I told you I made it for like four or five songs. I think it was four songs on that record. I just, right. Obviously, first listen, I just didn't get into it. Um, as right. I don't know, I it was very chaotic. I, it wasn't like an enjoyable chaotic either for me. So that's kind of why I stopped it. I'm not saying I'll never listen to it again or give them another sh- chance or even check out like a different. Yeah, record. no, I mean it's fine. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's fine. I just thought it was funny to me when you were like, "It's really chaotic," and I'm like, "Me without you is really chaotic." <laughs> yeah, but I think it, like I said, just in different ways that that I pick up at least. Uh, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, when you say they're both chaotic, they definitely are. I just think for me, it sounds like in different ways. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm if it's cool, I'm gonna do something to say. I'll be super quick about it if that's okay with you. Yeah. So go ahead. Rather than, I don't really have it, having these on. I'm just gonna throw my honorable mentions out there for the end of the year list. So there's any four, and I can get through them really, really quick because I know we've talked about some of these already. So I don't really have to dive into them too much. So on the fly. Um, because I already have 14 records on the main list, so it just makes sense to just buzz through like these real quick. So I had uh, in no order, just just on the list, uh, Kanye West, Donda, and the only reason it's on here is because I know I'm going to revisit it a lot for the songs I like, not the whole album as a whole. Uh, I think that's I've commented on multiple episodes now where the album flaw is it's, it's too much album they have too much fat they didn't trim it it's 27 songs it's like bonus songs i think it's 32 which is like 20 songs more than you actually need on this record if not like 21 songs more than you need on this record so but the songs i really like on it i would definitely revisit again so i'm gonna go hit those again um of course the the production quality is there too so for me, it's on the honorable mention list just because I know I'll go back and listen to it, but not yeah. the whole thing again. Like I'm not going to sit in one setting yeah. and listen to 32 songs in a row in the deluxe edition or whatever. Right. 
Yeah, um, I, I'll listen I, to the songs I, just, I like and skip a lot. I just have an anti Kanye bias. <laughs> I don't give him yeah. a chance, honestly. I I, I fully admit. I re- I want you one time, and maybe we could even do it for like an episode, like like a homework thing. Like you go listen to this record, and you really listen to it, not just like his background noise, but you actually give it a listen, and maybe even like a couple a couple songs like the uh, via like this podcast dissect. But just give my beautiful dark twisted fantasy a chance, and don't take it as like literal Kanye, but just. That because I think that's that's the record that I th- I won Scott over. Not he did, it's not he didn't like Kanye prior. He liked graduation. Um, sorry, yeah, he liked I'd, graduation a lot. I'd be willing to give that album a list. I mean, a listen yeah. for sure. That's yeah, yeah. I think I think something like that would be really cool. But I'm not saying all this stuff is really good. I think he's it's it's he's like one of those artists now that he's in that category where it's like I don't, I don't judge it necessarily against other artists as much as like his own catalog which is kind of weird but like he's reached he's he's reached that level where it's like okay where does this fall in line with other records he released and it's definitely not even near the top five i just because of like i said it's too fat like i'm sorry if you cut it down some maybe it could be um i enjoyed it i'm gonna go back and listen to songs i really like i like the jail version with jay-z um I like the songs i like moon that cuddy does uh there's there's a there's a lot i like um no child left behind i think is a, just a really great like almost like intro kind of deal so he had, he had a lot of really good songs on here it's just it's too much um maggie rogers and this one almost made my list but maggie rogers uh notes from the archive recordings 2011 to 2016 i really like maggie rogers um i need to i just i haven't really listened to her i need Oh, she's good. I discovered her um, when she had her, her first EP out. Like, I heard a song somewhere. And it was funny because, like, I didn't know Scott had liked her at all. Or, like, I didn't know he was, like, a big fan of hers. I was like, oh, shit, you like Maggie Rogers? That's crazy. Because, like, he doesn't seem the type of person who listens to her music at all. Um, but this was stuff she had before she had her solo career. And she was, um, I think she was going to NYU. I could be wrong, but I think she's going to NYU. And um, she did some solo stuff. She did some a project with like another person. They did like a two man kind of. It was like her and, and a guy did like this two man like band project. Um, so it's it's different recordings from that period of time in her life. So it's not like they weren't out there already. They were a first listen for me, and it leaked last year in December. So I've had it early. I've had it for at least a year now. Um, and I've enjoyed it. Like it has, it has some on this one, like I said, it's just older songs, but it has some that do have that kind of like indie kind of sound to them. Uh, there's a couple of ones that have sh- like a shoegaze kind of sound and I love shoegaze. So I'm really into those songs. Um, but yeah, I think she just did a good job with it. I mean, granted, like I said, the songs are a little older, but for me, um, they're a first listen. And I think maybe the only reason why it doesn't make my top list is it very well could have, but since they are older songs have been around for, you know, five to 10 years, I thought, well, you know, I'm fine putting this on the honorable mention, um, but I'm going to keep it off the, the main list since these songs have been around for a while. Uh, next one for me, uh, this one won't take very long, so I'll go to this one. I'll skip my but next one. Like I said, no order or anything, but uh, 68, give one, take one. Uh, I like 68. I uh, don't love 68, but I really like 68. And 
this record was it definitely couldn't make my top list and i toyed with not even keeping this one on the honorable mention but when i when i listened to it recently um i listened to it twice just you know kind of to wrap up the list and everything and i just it has so many good songs that i have to put an honorable mention that even though like i'll go back i won't go back and listen to this one as frequently as anything else on the honorable mention list or even as much as some of the the ones on the main list, of course, I will probably listen more more than, than this record, but I really did enjoy this record. Uh, I thought that they not knocked it out of the park, um, which they usually do. I mean, most of the records actually are, are very good from front to back. Um, it's tough to get to name all the songs because they always have like weird titles. Um, but I really did like this record. I liked a lot of the guitar work on it. It had like a cool kind of sound uh, with the tones they used. Uh, it's definitely a record I'll go back and listen to and, and, uh, to see them like live during this record uh would be pretty nice just because i feel like the you know seven songs eight songs they play from it would be pretty good uh the last one i'll hit up on this one is um manchester orchestra the million masks of a god uh really liked the record uh when it first came out a band i I struggle with (laughs) yeah i my favorite one from them for a long time was like a virgin losing a child. I know everyone really likes every mean everything to nothing. That one never really resonated with me like it did with everyone else. Um, and they were a band that I, I enjoyed, but I didn't love. And then uh, black model of the surface came out a few years ago. And I really, really did like a black model of the surface. This is actually probably one of my top five records that year. But um, this new one came out and it was one I pre-ordered on vinyl just cause like, I'm all right, I'll probably like it. We'll see how it goes. And I listened to it like, two or three times and I was like I don't know and then I spent more time with it over that weekend of release and really really enjoyed it more the, the more I listened to it and uh I really do like the record as a whole um there was just something about it that was that was missing something to really put it in that top list but I really did enjoy this record a lot uh it seemed to be slower than some other releases they've done like there are moments where it's more um fast and i won't say it's like a, a very slow record this is not but it just seems to be more slower than previous efforts but uh i like the record a lot i will definitely go back and listen to it and there's some songs i just think are fantastic on here some parts of songs i really really like a lot as far as like the production or what they were doing with like the sound part of it but um like i said i just don't think it had enough there to to really get in that top but those are four records i really enjoyed throughout this year um they were very good, but they just, they just couldn't, they just, they were missing something uh, to really put them in that top list. So I thought I'd just go ahead. Cause I knew it wouldn't take long to go over those. Just we've talked about some of them throughout the podcast yeah. episodes and yeah. Quick thoughts on them. Yeah. Uh, that 68 is still on my list as of right now. Again, it may not make the top 10, okay, cool. but as of right now, it's still mm-hmm. there. Cause it, yeah, it's good. Uh, one thing about his guitar, I don't, I, I don't know if he recorded it this way too, or if he was able to do it different in the studio. But I know because we saw them live um, on that tour with Every Time mm-hmm. I Die recently, my buddy Caleb and I, which we talked about in previous uh, episodes. And one thing that Caleb, he was like, how does he, because Caleb actually is a musician. I'm not. Um, so he he looked into it. And so Josh Goggins runs his guitar 
through two, I think it's actually three amps live, like different amps. It's two, maybe even three to get his guitar sound for the live performance. And like I said, I don't know. That may have been how he recorded it also, or he may have been able to get that sound a different way because it was in the studio. But live, he splits it through either two or, like I said, I think three amps, which is nuts. That's very cool. I, I like this. That's definitely like it, it's a very good record. I, I think 68 as a band is underappreciated for how good they actually are. Like everyone loves the chariot. And for me, the chariot's just like, okay. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not like, I don't think the chariot's a bad band by any means, but. I liked Josh when he did uh, the Ludacris album. Really, never hit me much, but uh, but I will go down saying that um, "Bless the Martyr" is like one of the best releases of that time period, for sure. Agree. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, the Chariot for me was a great live band, but a band. Yeah, I think that's what that, a lot of people liked was their live yeah. show because I heard it was very good. It's just that yeah. they never, whenever I listen to the chair, it's like, they're okay. It's just like, I thought Norma Jean stood out a little bit more when just going off that main record, you know, the Bless Tomorrow, I thought it stood out more than the Chariot stuff. Uh, whereas the Chariot stuff just kind of seemed not, but I, I do know from hearing from multiple people, including yourself, that the Chariot Live was just something else. Like they just put on a show and you had a good time. And that's fun. I mean, that's that's yeah. fine. But I'm just saying like, I really sure. like 68 and I think 68 does a pretty good job of doing live shows. And I think that they're at least, at least right there with them. Maybe they're not as good as the Chariot Live, but um, For the I think they, they put that have, quality records that are sometimes underappreciated. Yeah. I just don't think they're as known as the Chariot, to the level the yeah. Chariot got to. But the people that I've never met any, I have, I've yet to come across someone that has given the 68 a shot and didn't really like them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Cause well, I mean, I don't, I don't say, I want, but yeah, they, they're really good. They're different. They're, they're almost like <clears throat> they hit that nice spot of like, sorry, my voice is fading after <laughs> they have that nice spot of like, they can appeal to people that like harder music people that like more rock music or people that just because they, they hit all those different spots like they can they can hit like you i could hear sure. them being like modern rock radio or active rock radio but they can also have a, a harder sound or whatever and, and people could enjoy that as well like they could they could you know play different music festivals for even, sure uh, and it could fit in well so i think i could i could see them having more appeal they're they're kate they they took somewhat chaotic hardcore and stripped it down to to to, a, to just drums guitar and with mm-hmm. a blues influence i wouldn't say they're bluesy but they bring a blues influence so that's why i say yeah. they're like a very punk like almost hardcore white stripes you know yeah, and I, 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 when you get that, when you say that, like it makes sense, like for sure. Um, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> like I know that doesn't really describe it very well, but like I get, like yeah. that, I you, would have you to, tell me that yeah. comparison. I'm like, okay, sonically, no, but 
band, maybe not even band wise, because just two members, like, and it is, you know, guitar and drums, and they both have guitar, but like, even, I don't say how do I want to put it. Um, for me, for me, it's the, it's the, for me, it's probably the, where I hear the blues influence that makes me say that. But it's a much, yeah, it's a, like it's not far off at all. Like, it doesn't right. sound like, I don't hear them say, okay, it's a you're much crazy. heavier, <laughs> yeah, it's a much heavier sound. Um, and a much more like post punk sound. Um, but that's like he, there's some of that element of a two person blues uh, to it that the White Stripes had. Yeah. And you can, you can hear that. It's almost like they're musical cousins in a way. Like they're not brother and sister because they're not that closely related. But cousins, like you, they, you can definitely tell they're from the same tree. How's that? That that's that they would works, right? right. They would they would fit on a lineup together. Yeah, if I was at a music festival, I would say White Stripes are, or they would definitely headline because they would they're not they don't exist anymore. So, oh yeah, um, let's say you know they headline or or even this like Jack White takes them out as his opening band wouldn't shock me, really. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like, oh, okay. I'd be like, that kind of makes sense. Right. Like, right. They kind of sonically, right. Are, you know, they're sonically cousins, and they could, they wouldn't be so far. They're different, but they're not so far off the map. But it's like, what? It's not like he would take out like, if Jack White took out a rapper, that'd be more surprising than him taking out sixty-eight. Like he's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, that would be more surprising to me because like, yeah, that kind of makes but, sense, even though they're not the same, right? Very but, similar. But then on the, f- right. On the flip side, they are heavy and post-punk enough that they also fit perfect playing the lineup that I saw them with every time I die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 where I think they get that appeal. Like, they could cross over a lot. Like, if you went to a hard rock festival, they could play. They would fit in well enough with that crowd. And then you could go see them play at, like... Coachella or something, or even uh, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Bonnaroo. I'm trying to math. I could see them playing Bonnaroo, and that wouldn't surprise me at all. Like even like probably one of the lower right. levels that's there, but that wouldn't be like oh okay. That'd be like okay, that makes sense. Right. They, they can, you know, they're indie enough, but they're kind of like yeah. crossing a couple of different genres there. Yeah, it works. Right. Like for example, I've seen them twice now, and the first time I saw them, they were definitely heavier but they made sense being the opening act on Anne Berlin's farewell, farewell tour. Dang, you got to see them on the farewell yeah. tour? The six, huh. they hadn't they weren't on mine. They were, I had, um, which I'm not disappointed. I had Lakes, which is uh, Watashiwa, basically uh, Seth Roberts' right. band after Watashiwa. Right. So exactly. the, that was really cool to hear him do some Watashiwa songs. So I definitely wasn't disappointed because I'd never seen them, and I probably never will again. Um, but man, sixty opening fair in Berlin would have been cool. That that def, definitely makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, and it was the last show of that tour because it was like their hometown mm-hmm. kind of. It was in Orlando at the House of Blues, and it was sixty eight in Berlin, and it was the last in Berlin show when they did their farewell before they decided to get back together. And yeah, so that was my first time seeing sixty eight, and I think the album was out by then, but they had not been out long. They were it, it was like they were pushing their debut at that time, so yeah, 
that's probably around the time I saw them at Warped Tour because that was when they just first started. Um, and I think they had, I can't remember if the record was out or not. I know they had the EP, which had like the, uh, kind of like that bleach Nirvana influence on the cover art, at least, you know what I'm talking about? It was like a seven inch with like three songs. Yeah. I, I remember seeing the, but I didn't listen. I didn't listen to them until their full length came out. But I remember okay. seeing all those songs are on. Were on the full. They end up being on the right. full length. So I know you've heard them. They're different titles though, because I I ended up buying the yes. seven inch recently, like within the last say two years, and I was like, damn it, all these songs are on the full length, <laughs> and I didn't know that. Right, like, I should have. Well, I just thought it was a different record because I not went back to that one in a while. Right, yeah, because their their debut full length. They went really artsy, and the song titles are just a letter, and they all they spell yeah, out for the whole redemption that they spell out. No, I have to look it. I'm going to look it up right now, while, real quick. But like all of the their first full length, all of their songs are just one. Regret not. Regret not. Okay, but they're yeah. all just that one letter, and it spells out regret not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did uh, a midnight. It was a it was a two song EP, and I know for sure this was out when they played Warp Tour. But I don't know if they had it for sale or anything. But it was out, and you could get the music on Bandcamp. And then I didn't realize because the songs are titled actual song title names versus when they were on the album, they were you know introduced as a letter. Uh, but I didn't know that because this song isn't on this EP isn't streaming anywhere. So I bought the EP thinking, right. oh sweet. That I forgot because I, I had it years ago, but it had been so long I, since I, mm-hmm. I and I had sold it when I went through one of my vinyl selling phases in L.A. And so uh, I had not listened to it in like a good solid five, six years. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get that EP again. And so I bought it and I was like, yeah. And I listened to it. I was like, wait, <laughs> these songs are on the main record. I, and I, I downloaded them too. I not even listening to them like MP3 wise. I was just listening to the record. And I was like, "What the heck? These are these are on the main record." <laughs> Dang it! This is right. that was nothing. <laughs> but yeah, so it yeah. was like 68's weird. 68's artsy. So the name of that debut album is "In Humor and Sadness," and then the track listing spells out mm-hmm. "Regret Not." So that's a play on words. In humor and sadness, regret yeah. not. Um, since we're running a little late, do you have any uh any final things? Like any? Final... No, that's about. That's pretty much it. I will say, um, I watched uh the Billie Eilish SNL, and she did a pretty good job as as host. Mm-hmm. She killed it in both her musical performances. And one of the things that turned me on to it was I saw an article today, um, where basically Dave Grohl. Uh, uses her as an example of why people are wrong to say rock and roll is dead. And it's like, you may not think of her as a rock and roll artist, but you, but just watch her SNL performance of, of her, of the, um, of the song um, happier never. That's the name of it, right? Sorry. I'm, I'm starting to have like, fog from my booster and my and my brain's not working as well um but so that's the name of the newest album and she performed that song and it starts out mellow and then the second half of that performance her her brother puts down an acoustic guitar picks up an electric guitar and she just goes off 
And like, that was one of the reasons that made me want to watch it was seeing that article where Dave Grohl is like, this performance is a perfect example. Y'all may not think of her as this, but Billie Eilish is a rock star. She is rock and roll yeah. and rock and roll is not dead. And she's a prime example of it. And, um, and that was one of the things that made me want to watch it. So I watched just that earlier today before I watched the whole SNL episode, which I don't watch SNL a lot. It depends on who's on, but, mm-hmm. um, but it was really good. And, um, it's definitely worth watching. It was funny. The whole episode was funny. Um, it's funny watching her and if some of the skits where she's having, she's struggle struggling to not just break out in laughter. Um, but the performances <laughs> were really, really good. Both the performances were, um, of her, of her doing the music, but yeah, that's really it for me right now. I'm going to have, I'm going to go hard in trying to continue to whittle down this, uh, this album of the year list and yeah that's about it for me and top in my top plays for this week um i have uh really looking forward to the steph curry game tomorrow because he's probably gonna break the record so yep i'm definitely gonna watch it and it's on tnt so yeah definitely be watching that right away um as far as outside of really that's it um i'll definitely of course football but i'm just saying like really looking forward to is that and then um mm-hmm. i was gonna say i like the movie away we go a lot like, i don't know if you've ever heard of it or watched it i've heard the name and that's it okay it has john krasinski from the office mm-hmm. and maya rudolph from snl and so it was uh do you remember like the writer's strike one year there was like uh it's probably yeah. like late aughts there's a writer's strike and a lot of different artists were doing movies because they couldn't do TV because there's a writer strike. <laughs> and um, they did that movie right around then. And uh, it was like one of those indie releases okay. uh, that probably like one of the same company that released Juno or something like that, to be honest, like the same. Right. So, and it's a, yeah. So it's a bit older. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's it's older. It's probably like let's say like late aughts because the office was still being filmed because it was like a shortened office season. It probably was like thirteen episodes or so. Mm-hmm. Um, because by the time they reached the deal, you know, it's like January or something. So um, anyway, uh, I really like the soundtrack for that movie, which is mainly uh, it's mainly featuring one artist, and um, his name is Alexi Murdoch. He's like a I don't know, like maybe Scottish or Irish. I, I don't, to be honest, I'm not certain right now, but um, he did a majority of the, like, if you look at the album, it's like, if there's like, say, 12 tracks on the record, he probably did nine of them. Because I know the Velvet Underground's on there for a song. I feel like Ringo Starr is on there for a song, and then someone else. And there might be four others that aren't Alexi Murdoch, but it's a lot of his stuff. And so I really, uh, I'll, He's British. He's British. Okay, I really like um, the movie. Yep. Like it's it's like one of my favorite movies. I don't know where it rank or anything, but it's one of my favorite okay. movies, and I just really liked it and um, love the soundtrack. And it's definitely like a lot of singer songwriter vibes, kind of like a in a way a Jack Johnson, but not like Jack Johnson, not like not the same style, yeah. but just that's what's going to remind me of, or like a Noah Gunderson or something like that. But uh, Anyway, um, yep. 
one of his records when I lived in LA was repressed on vinyl and they're never going to do the soundtrack on vinyl. <laughs> I've given up, I've given a hope of getting that ever pressed and it's fine. Um, but, uh, a lot of the songs come from a certain record of his, which, uh, had, had been impressed, been repressed when I lived in LA. I didn't buy it because, you know, it was not at the top of my list or anything. I was like, well, maybe we'll do the soundtrack someday. And then that, that album just got ridiculous to, to like buy. Um, it was like, it's like $300 or $200 at least on Discogs. And that's insane. Like, I'm not paying that for that record. You know, it's not like one of my favorites of all time or something. So, I, I happened to see um, tonight, I went to the, the Reddit page for vinyl, which I don't know why I do that to myself. <laughs> and they're repressing that record that has my two favorite songs on it from that soundtrack. Uh, and it has probably more too, but I just know the two standout tracks are uh, Orange Sky and uh, Sheesh. <laughs> I asked myself too fast there. Um, give me one second as I scroll through. But uh, All My Days and uh, Orange Sky are on the soundtrack, and they're on Time Without Consequences is that record, and it's getting repressed. So I'm going to order that before I fall asleep. <laughs> Because <laughs> hey, it's thirty bucks. Nice. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine, so it's yeah. better than that. So that's that's my top place. So Steph Curry breaking the record tomorrow, and finally getting that record on vinyl, which I will have in about like ten minutes. The the Phoenix Suns just lost to the Clippers, ninety five to one eleven. What? Yep. That's wild. Maybe no Booker still. Exactly. Stuff. I know. I think Sheesh. he played. Checking the box score real quick. I mean, I was trying well, to didn't. pay attention while we were talking, but um, they showed him a lot. No Booker, no Aiton. Okay, that's why. That's that kind of makes sense then. Yeah, that's yeah, why that kind of makes sense because. Yeah. Well, if I look at the other, if I look at the, uh, the Clippers, no Paul George. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no Booker, no Aiton is a big hit. That's a big hit. Yeah, but like I feel like if you have no Par George on the other side, pretty much Reggie Jackson might be the best player on the the team after that. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Mann did pretty good so, tonight. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Seven for ten, seventeen points, got nine boards. No, nope. ah, right. that's that's still impressive. Up. Like I'm surprised they beat the Suns. Like maybe they just were taking them kind of lightly too. I don't know. That's wild. It makes sense, though. I will say it makes sense because the Suns missing the, like two of their best three players is big. Because right. Chris Paul yeah. is good, but Chris Paul without those two, it's a way different team. It just is. Because Booker is, especially Aiton, they can they can do a few games without Booker, but Aiton's Aiton's a big part of that team. So, all right, I'm tired, yeah. and it's been two hours and about twenty five minutes by the time we call this. So. Yeah. Pretty good. Yep. All right. All right. Well, that, Next time, that's it. music coming your way. A lot of music. A lot of end of the year albums of the year. Yeah. Going to be happening right. next time. So, deuces. Later.